Alright, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the brush, it's Chris Grundy, your host of The Brush Off Show. Tonight, we're heading into season three, episode number 12. We're heading out to Juliet, Illinois to speak to Mark O.G. Let's get this show on the road. Ah, yo, what's up? What's going on, Marco G? How's it going, guys? How's it oh, going? I'm all right, I'm all right. Good to see you. It's, it's been a while. It's been about a whole five minutes since we spoke last. Five? <laughs> you mean three? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no, actually I, no, that's a lie. It's uh, yeah, three. You're right. <laughs> How's everybody um, doing tonight? All right. Well, you're one of my uh, newest guys that I like to reach out to almost daily and send the crazy messages to and. And stuff like that. There's a handful of the guys that see the normal Chris, and there's a handful of the guys that see the wild Chris. And you're one of the guys that I chose yeah. to show the wild side. Yes. That's a, yeah. of your, that's a reflection of yourself, though, my friend. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your trust, my man. Thank All right. You. Well, this, like I said, is season three, episode number twelve, and it belongs to you, sir. Please tell the people who you are and where you're from. Uh, Marco. Should I say? I can't say my middle name and. Gutierrez. <laughs> you can't say it um, or you can't pronounce it. Man, what if people start looking for me, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's Marco Antonio Gutierrez, man. I'm based out in Joliet, Illinois. I'm 28 years old. Um, and yeah, what's up? All right. So where is Juliet? Is it Juliet? Juliet? Juliet. Juliet. Juliet, not jo Juliet, not Juliet. Jo Juliet, okay. Juliet's the one that, that 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 went away a long time ago, my man. <laughs> I had the same problem with Henry. I see him there, uh, Tesla, Tesla, okay. whatever the hell he's from. Say what's up. Know. Say what's up. This is my son, Adriel. He's about to go to sleep. Adriel? Yes, yeah, name's Adriel. Hello, Adriel. How are you? Okay, good. I think you are four and a half years old. He's five. Just five. turned five. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, that, that was just like a, a facial read. <laughs> hey, good night, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Marco, how long have you been in, in the industry? Um, it'll be my seventh year this year. Seventh year. Yes. I'll hit seven years in October um, and then five years in business this year as well. Okay, cool. So, you were out there for two years before you went on your own. Where does your story begin, my friend? How did you get into the industry? Well, it's weird how I got into the industry. Um, I was so never... You, so so we're, we're going to have, um, for those who have been with me from the early days, the only episode that is even going to be anywhere near similar to this, where we go right to the heart, is very first episode, season one, episode one with Shane Woods. One of my favorite episodes yet. And uh, Marco, you got an interesting story that, you know, we did discuss ahead of time, so I know what's mm -hmm. up. But you wanted to share how you yeah. got into the painting industry, and it's not how majority of us got into it. So, what yeah. is your unique story? How did this journey start? Well, it's it's weird to say this because, uh, you know, uh, earlier today um, I was going through my Facebook and I seen a memory, which is I shared to you guys the 2011 blizzard that we got hit. Um, during that time, me and my father. We're bumping heads a lot. Uh, we never, we never really got along. 
you know, um, there was very too much pride in between us. So he kicked me out during that time. So that's when my journey started. Uh, I was four years homeless before I uh, touched even a, even a roller. Well, I even knew about what, a, what a roller was, what I knew about a brush was. So I lived in, in the streets for four years. During that blizzard, actually, hopefully my clients aren't there. And so they're like, oh, man, what kind of person is this? Because <laughs> I'm not that, right? I, I, I will sleep in people's uh, sheds or um, just to go through the, through the blizzard night, you know. So I'll sleep through people's sheds and stuff like that. So fast forward through, the, through, the, through it and everything. I, I was a big, uh, uh, I, I was going to say I, 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 I was fixing electronics during that time just to make some money because I was a big passion about electronics, computers, and stuff like that. Um, so I'm sorry if I answered ahead of your question. It's all good. Sorry, bro. Go I tried. I tried. I told you. It's all good, man. It's all bro, good. Okay. Just, just, so, just uh, all of my questions. No, okay? I know. I know. No, because the so. interesting thing, that, Marco, sorry to stop you, but the interesting for me, the interesting thing to me is that most of us see homeless people. We pass them, especially if you live in a big city like I live in. We pass yeah. them, and you don't think twice. You don't think about what that person is dealing with and everything mm -hmm. else. So let's talk about what it is like to be in those shoes. Um, you know what? It, um, for me, it was it was pretty tough because uh, I had a hard. And how child. old were you? How old were you when this happened? You got kicked out in a blizzard at how old? About I had recently graduated, so about seventeen, eighteen years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was um uh, I was out there. Um, I graduated in two thousand and ten, so around that time. Um, dude, I don't. You know, that I was, uh, props to Nathan um, for doing that mental illness stuff because it's a tough thing, man, because uh, we don't know what people go through. You know, we're, we're, so, we're so wrapped around our world, our, our stuff that, you know, our own, our own problems, our own, pro our own, you know, path to our destination that we want to get to that, you know, that I personally, you know, it was tough for me to go through that, that stage, you know. But I honestly, during that time, I felt like I deserved it. I, I felt like I deserved to be in that position that I was in. Um, I realized that in that time, there was, sorry to offend if I created friends here, but you know, during that time, I, I realized there was any, there was no, there was no friends. There's more acquaintance, <laughs> you know? So uh, I did that for four years um, during that time. Um, there was a temp agency place to uh, get a job. So I, you'd be surprised where homeless people can go, man. I'd be, I'll walk. I'll walk with a head down trying to see if I can find a nickel or a dime. I was too prideful to ask for money. I was too prideful to make a sign and hold it up there and show my face and be like, hey, give me some money, you know? I don't know. I just felt like I deserved it. Or I felt I was too, too shy or too prideful to go to a homeless shelter and be like hey i need help you know so i never did you know i i felt like i really deserved it so i i lived in dumpsters i lived in um public bathrooms i will shower in public bathrooms before they turn off the sometimes they forget to turn off the 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 water <laughs> and i will kind of like bathe you know i i learned the trick with my grandma back in the day uh my my grandma will use limes as deodorant so when i find limes in the dumpster i will grab limes and kind of <laughs> You know, so just to maintain myself, a little bit of hygiene. 
you know um if it wasn't for um my kind of my my path um i wouldn't have touched the brush man you know i i went through a hard time on my fourth year my last year of being homeless i um i had it i um i i fought through an addiction too as well i racked up a bill they were pumped my stomach for a cocaine addiction um so i would work for a habit and that was it so i will never ask for money i will work for a habit and so it was hard for me to fight that and fight that mental illness that i did because i was uh i was raped when i was 10. Uh, my dad tried to kill me five times my mom tried to kill me three times we lived a very very tough hot childhood you know i'm pretty sure everybody has everybody has a story everybody has um um everybody has a past that has shaped them the way they are today you know, and sometimes we tend to forget the past, but we have to realize that if we take that past and appreciate the past, sometimes we're going to start living in a, in, a, in a better future. And I didn't appreciate my past. I hated the fact that I got raped when I was 10, man. I hated the fact that my dad I mean, was never there. I hated he was an alcoholic. I hated that my mom worked two jobs. You know, I hated it. I was like, I'm done, man. So I learned all that in my time. Sorry if I start tearing up. I learned no, it all in my time, <laughs> in my time, and so when I met my current my current girl, my 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 wife at the time it was my girlfriend. Um, there's a temp agency that would take us to work. <laughs> it was funny, and um, that's how I met her. <laughs> I met her there. <laughs> I uh, it was funny. She never she didn't know. That's how pride works. She didn't know. I told her I had a business. I told her how I had a, uh, my vision was to open a business, whatever business it was. I was trying to open a business for one main reason is to keep my future family at home because I'm very, I was traumatized for my, my, uh, my past, you know? So, uh, I, my passion was electronics in a way, you know, I like to fix TVs, cell phones, tablets, anything, software stuff. I love to do what it comes to just getting my hands and just doing that. Right. So I would tell my wife, my wife at the time, yeah, you know, trying to work yourself. You work your little magic and, you know, dude, I smell straight like poo. She told me this, but that's before we got together and everything. I couldn't believe it, man. It was, it was crazy. It's crazy how your emotions work. It's crazy how everything works because she met, she, she, she said she, she fell in love with me. She's like, dude, I, I knew you smell like, like poop. Or like you didn't take a shower or, or whatever, like something, you know. But she didn't know I was homeless. She didn't know nothing. But she could tell by my shoes I had some Toms. <laughs> so you can tell. I don't know if you ever seen Toms. I had Toms, and I would wear those Toms, and I ended up making holes. <laughs> so what I will ended up doing is wearing black socks with my Toms were black, kind of just to fade in the holes on that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, dude, uh, dude, it's it's crazy how I got to this journey, man. Because that time. I went up to about 20 feet, 25 feet. I couldn't, not, not sure how to measure it. And I said I had it. Couldn't keep up with my life. Couldn't keep up with everything. I couldn't recoup my family. I tried to knock on their door, say, I'm sorry. I was trying to figure out a way to see what I could do to get back on my feet. And I couldn't do it. So I said I had it. I, I think I deserve this. I'm done. Um, I went up to the roof and dove in head first. Uh, during my middle of my fall, I uh, got scared and readjust myself and landed on my butt and fractured lumbar one, lumbar two, um, messed up my ankle, I think it was, uh, and then broke my wrist. 
my uh, cutting wrist. And then I brought it out because my wife tells me all the time, why do you still have it? I'm like, well, one day I will use it even for my kids. I wore this thing for three months. I couldn't wipe myself. <laughs> Dude, it was the worst three months of my life, man. I couldn't wipe myself. Um, when I drove, before I get to that, I, when I dove in and everything, um, I didn't want to rack up a bill. Who wants to rack up a bill at a hospital, you know, without having insurance and stuff like that, right? So I called my wife at the time. It was my girlfriend. I was like, I did what I, I kind of told her what I did. And my and she was like, you're crazy. You call ambulance. I said, no, I don't want to rack up a bill. So at the time, I had somebody had uh, mentioned to me about an all-guys retreat. So I went. I walked about, which would be about almost close to six miles. Didn't know I had a fracture, fracture uh, back. Didn't know I had a broken wrist. Um, I didn't know what it felt like, none of that. So I just felt like I, my, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with my, my, my breathing techniques. I was like trying, and I just couldn't. But I was trying to get to my destination because I was like, man, hell, hell yeah, a retreat, you know, free stay, free food, you know, I don't have to get rack up a bill. Maybe this pain will go away. Nothing really happened. I kept trying to think positive in a way, you know. Mm. And I went to this retreat. I went to this all guys retreat and um, they paid for it. It was $100. Someone paid for it. I don't know who it was. Dude, it was like destiny, man. Like, I don't know, dude. It was crazy, man. Um, how I got to this painting was because of that family, how I met, where I met there. That family kind of took me in. Um, the doctor, that they took me to the doctor because they noticed I couldn't sit down, I would stand up, I would sit down during the ceremony or whatever they were speaking, they were like, what's going on? And I wouldn't tell them, then I kind of told them, and I was like, you know, you got to go to the doctor. So they took me and I wrecked up my uh, 20 G's bill. <laughs> I was like, dang it. <laughs> um, so um, that, I met that family painter there. You know, the family painter there, and that's how I started my journey <laughs> as painting. Right on. Well, that, sir, I appreciate you uh, sharing that story. Um, thank you it's it's uh, I'm, I'm sure it's why you're smiley guy today because i know for the most part like i've been talking with you quite a bit especially in the last few weeks and you're always laughing and seem to be a really positive dude and stuff like that well you i'm just saying like it dude it's hard man you know you get left hooks left right hooks i've got my my tights and hooks left and right man and you know if you let it overcome you you're going to let it overcome you, man, no matter what. I think a mind is very powerful. You know, it can bring you down, but it can also bring you up. It depends on how you take it. Mm -hmm. You know, I ate stuff off the dumpster, man. You know, it was tough, dude. You know, and I just couldn't live up to the fact that I could go up to a person and say, give me money. You know, I just just couldn't do that. I was like, man, why would I? You know, they work hard for their money. I see my parents do it. You know, why would I go ahead? I was very responsible with the little bit of money that I had. And I had, you know, like I said, I picked up the habit. And like I said, fighting all that, you know, if it wasn't for the retreats, if it wasn't for like a spiritual awakening that I ended up going to, you know, and reading a bunch of psychology books because my man couldn't afford a, a psychiatrist or a counseling, you know, in my time, I just couldn't, you know, we, we, we weren't wealthy enough to do that, you know. I had to live up to all that. I couldn't speak up to saying, hey, that man, I got raped. You know, so I say it now because you might be like, "Whoa, holy fuck, man!" Like, am I bad for that? Who, like, who, yeah, heck, okay. why is why is this guy, you know, saying that? You know, 
but you have to understand like i i um i say because there might be somebody here that has gone through it and has never spoken it in their life and i'm the type of i've learned this in my journey that i was a guy that i would bottle up everything in a box like that was one of them the the rape my dad tried to kill me like drown me in the tub because i will take a bathtub in the tub and run the shower and i'm like over here and he will yell at me hey the bill will go up and this this and that and you know and start drowning me and shit like you don't know what you'd like to pay bills and you know and I used to be a very, I used to pee my bed a lot. And there was a time that he tied my penis up because he was, he had it. He's like, you know what, man, screw you. And I do it. He, I lived a very, very traumatized, traumatized life. He tied me up to a, a structured pole in my basement. Uh, and dude, it's, uh, I, 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 I live, I'm not necessarily, dude, I, I, I love speaking about it. That's why I always want to, I always said, I want to bake a book. Or something like in a way because, dude, I I do uh, before the COVID I used to do um, um, ceremonies in high school, um, and I the reason why how I got into it obviously later in the future I'm mean, later in the in this we'll, we'll talk about it um, if you want, but I met a customer because of it you know a, a teacher, you know I'll, dude, dude you know it's a blessing to be able to, to meet people like that you know and got me into it so I, I I love to speak about this man because you don't know who who you come across man. You know, you might, there might be somebody here that gone through it, man, and they have never spoken in their life. And then you realize when you bottle up everything like that, dude, you don't, you're like, hey, I'm going I'm to take this shit when I die, man. Nobody's going to find out. Dude, that stuff's going to seep out little by little in a way that's going to create an emotion that you're going to start reflecting a different personality that you weren't going to do. Like, that woken up something different out of me that I shouldn't have at that age. Like, that rape thing at 10. And everything that I've gone through and me just, I wasn't going to tell my dad because my cousin, he told me that he was going to beat me up and, you know, do all that. So I, I kind of like threw it all in, in the box and said, you know what, no one's going to find out, man. So I walked the streets, you know, with a max thinking everything was okay, like a clown trying to come up with jokes and everything. But dude, though, that thing kind of seeps out, man. And I started realizing during my journey of those four years being on the street that, created something out of me you know and that it shouldn't have you know but i accepted it and now that i kind of i love speaking about it i don't i don't mind man you know i like i tell a lot of people out here i'm like i tell this i'm like if y'all want to judge it's fine man you know it is what it is man because at the end of the day i go home to my wife i don't go home to you <laughs> hey, you know so I love to speak about it because you never know. Somebody might be going through it, man. You never know, you know, someone or, or they're like, I, my, my dad kind of like in a way molested my, my older sister and he like ran off dude. we were like, we're looking for and everything. So dude, I want to, that's how the person that I, I kind of speak out like that. I'm very blunt about everything that I've gone through and everything because you never know what people are going through, man. And they just bottle it up and channel just say, you know what, no one's going to find out. And man, that is the reason why you get angry so much. Or that is the reason why you grow up with an addiction of, of, of pornography or an addiction of, of cleaning or an addiction of this. Dude, you never know why you're the way you are today. But you are the way you are today because of the past and because of stuff that you're even trying to work on or you're trying to avoid. You feel me? So... Mm -hmm. And then that's what created me into this, man. And then I'm like, living in the, I, I don't regret it, man. I don't regret it going through those four years. I will tell you this right now. I'm happy 
that I went through that pain, dude. I am happy that I, dude, it would, if I could take my eyes and make a movie and you guys can see everything, I would love for you guys to see everything that I had lived because it's just an inspiration that I just want to, I'm nobody, man. You know what I'm saying? I just, I'm, I'm married. I've been five years that I've been married. I'll be six this year. I have two kids and I'm happy. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. expect to be so, in this position that I'm well, in. Well, you, you basically reversed the cycle. So you grew up in a, what sounds like, you know, I don't want to put very words dysfunctional, in your mouth, It was a very dysfunctional family. It, 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 it didn't know? sound it like it was a nice, nice place to be. Like, I know the way that you look at your kids are completely different than the things that you had went through. The way yeah. I come home, it's like, I'm not thinking about, harming my kids you know what I mean I don't have that in me so to go through that definitely can it could do one of two things it could either make you the same or make you 10 times better you know what I mean and 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 stuff like that and I'm kind of lost for words because it's it's a story man that uh, no, it's just you know, it's just you know you gotta take it two ways man you either you take it and you let it overcome you man or you take it and you start beating the crap out of it and you figure out how you're gonna overcome it yeah. you know because like good you know it you got to think about it, man. Um, I got getting whacked in the head with a frying pan, you know, and be like, you know what? You're worthless. Waking up every day thinking you're worthless, man. Not having any, nobody that pushes you. I didn't have a father that pushed me, man. I had a, I had a mother that, dude, I'm going to tell you this right now, man. I haven't, she does not, has not met my, 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 my daughter, and I wish she had. But I'm going to tell you this right now. She has not seen the process of everything that I've overcome. Not nothing. She has not seen. She, I haven't had help in a way, you know. I the help that I've had was that family, man. That family gave me one thing, dude. Gave me a golden ticket. It was like, here, do something with it. If I don't do nothing with it, it's over. It's over for me, my man. You know what I mean? You know, if it's God, if it's the universe, if it's if it's whoever it is, if it's this tree that's telling me this, I don't know what it was, man. But that. That journey, those four years of living in the streets have made me and my family, I don't know, man. It's just, I'm just looking for happiness, man. And I try to be happy, dude. You know, dude, to and... me, it sounds like it's more than I, I know you keep saying four years and four years and stuff like that, but it, it sounds like it was a much longer journey than four dude, years. Dude, you know, I, it was crazy, man. Cause even during Christmas times, dude, I will go and like, I will check my desk card to see if it was unlocked and I will even sleep in there, dude. Or, and I will set up my alarm to wake up because I know his schedule and, oh, he's about to get up for work. Boop. Let's go, you know, and let's get on going and start walking, you know, and I walked and I kept walking. And then I remember when I met a lady and I was like, why are you always walking and walk facing down? And I was like, because I was trying to see if I find money. <laughs> and then, I, and that was, that was really it. And I always walk and I always walk down and see if I find any nickel dime, you know, and just kept walking. Didn't know where I was going, man. I ended up from Joliet to Aurora, to Belvedere, to Waukegan, and then when I ended up racking up some money to get a 89S10 on my third year being homeless, bro, I ended up went to the, uh, to the, to the junkyard and stole the plates because I couldn't afford the plates. Oh, God, man. YOLO, baby. You, live, you only live once. <laughs> <laughs> I went, so went to the so, junk. So, yeah, I went to the junkyard, junk dude, the and I took old paste from a truck, dude, from a truck. I made sure that, was, and I made sure I drive like a grandma. <laughs> so I took those plates, man, and I was very passionate about fixing electronics, man. 
So I ended up finding a job in the mall, and then they offered me a manager position in Indiana. Then, you know, I was going through what I was going through. <laughs> I said, let's go. Come on, baby. Let's go. I'm not, no, no risk. Now let's take no chances, you know. I drove off to Indiana. I, li I stayed in, the, in my truck uh, in, the, in the South Lake Mall. Um, it's staying there, you know, wake up, open the mall, I mean, open the store. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Why don't you just stay inside the store? Because <laughs> I had the keys. But I was always afraid that the owner will come in or somebody else with a key will come in and see me laying in the back room sleeping. <laughs> so I said, you know what, I will sleep in my truck. So I would rack up my money, rack up my money and try to live up. And then I ended up finding a place to rent a room. Did that. And then for some odd reason, I ended up coming back here. Um, try to look for my parents' forgiveness. Try to see what I can do to reconcile with them. Um, you have to realize when you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You're human. You know, Marco, <laughs> I, I, are, are you looking for forgiveness? What is it? Like, what does forgiveness wear? What way is the forgiveness going? Doesn't both, sound like... Both ways. You got to think about it, man. You know, in life, man, you can't live with resentment no matter what, how many, how much, how much pain. Um, I've told people my, my story in a way and I've forgiven the person that have raped me. He's my cousin. Um, he came from Mexico and um, he stayed with us. My family was trying to help him trying to kick it on his feet and he did what he had to do and during that time hell yeah i hated him dude resentment made me a guy that i wanted to kill every single person you move you move my controller away dude i will get angry man i built a, a, a anger inside of me or something out of me i don't know what it built man because i was a kid a 10 year old kid didn't know what i was going trying to figure out my emotion you know you don't talk to your kids you don't if you're a dude that's just busy working and not talking to your kids and not trying to figure out Hey man, this is this is not right. You're getting angry for this. You should kind of help them identify their emotions, identify their way of a way to balance their their emotions in a way. So I didn't know, man. You know, it made me a very angry person, a very angry person, dude. I, I I'm not gonna lie, man. I hit my sister, man. I pulled her hair because I was getting tired of it, man. They will they will they will purposely say, "Hey, dad, my Marco will bu will bug me," and I was like, man. You know, I would create, I, would, I was a very hateful person. And dude, and I hated it. I hated it growing up and everything. And then during my journey, I said to myself, I was like, you know, I lived that spiritual awakening and we learned about forgiveness. Um, you can't, you can't, no matter how much damage a person makes, um, you don't know what they either go through or whatever. Um, you still have to forgiveness sometimes. It sounds maybe it might sound very prideful or ego sometimes, but you have to find a forgiveness for your for your own sanity, you know, for your own way, so you can start going to a different to to your to your destination, whatever it may be, you know. So I reached out to uh, my my cousin. I I when I re when I when I, he was shocked, man. Um, I started doing testimonies in churches. That's how I do it. Started doing my testimony stuff, and my parents didn't find out until I was. 18 years old before they even kicked me out they never found out how i got raped or nothing and but i spoke about it at a retreat and one of my cousins was there but i never said who it was i just said um you should never be afraid to speak about it find somebody that you trust and speak about it look for help I'm trying to find i was in a youth group i'm trying to find kids to try to see they do it because you got to realize man you know dude we come from so many generations dude world is evolving man you go from grandparents that didn't have a freaking cell phone to now we have kids that have a three-year-old kid that have a tablet. You feel me? So you, you, we have a learning curve that I, I would, when my son was born, dude, 
I didn't, my doctor didn't give me a manual to be like, here, this is how you're going to raise your kid. You either go two ways. You raise them how you were raised or you raise them how you didn't, you, you want to get, you would want to get raised. That's the either choice you, you make. But in between those two choices, you have your emotions that are going to overcome you, you know, you know, so that's what you have to try to figure out how you're going to figure out to balance them, how you're going to figure out to overcome it and identify them before they act, before they act upon, you know, outside verbally outside to to your society to the people around you that love you you know so that's what i try to do you know and being one of them is forgiving you know i look for my dad and i always try to i try to tell him like i don't dude i'm gonna tell you this <clears throat> i do the i i i practice one year i never heard of i love you from my father a hug was like this because i always look for a hug i was like this and he would look away you, you as me, we as a father may be like, hey, we're going through some shit. We're walking, we're getting home from stress. You know, our kid are coming, kids, all, 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 all our kids want is just our attention or a hug or something, right? So, you know, I'm a kid or whatever. All I want is attention and love, right? So I go to my dad. He's stressed, you know, stressed from work. I don't know, you know. Gives me a hug, looks that side. All the time, man. I hated it. But my sisters, both hands, both hands all the time. I'm like... Man, man, whatever, you know, but I've seen that and I'm like, and then I realized through my, during my time, I'm like, you know what? I, I hated it. I'm like, you know, I'm, screw that. You know, my pride will start speaking. Screw that. I'm not going to continue, you know, giving him a hug. Why should I, if he's not going to try his best, if he's not going to do whatever, you know, what I'm, what I'm seeking for in return, why should I continue doing it for Right. Well, Marco, 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 you're not going to learn like that, my man. <laughs> that pride ain't going to teach you. They ain't going to get you nowhere. So I learned in my process that sometimes you have to bite your tongue and continue trying. So I had a sign in my room that said, only for today. That's it. That said, only, it's a dry erase board. It was in my, I was, my room was in the basement. It said, only for today. Only for today, I'm going to give my dad a hug and tell him I love him. That was it. Even though I didn't want to because of the fact that I knew the result, man. So, boom. I did that for like almost a year, dude. And there was one time that he said he loved me, hugged me with two hands. So, you get that little motivation. I wake up and I look at that. I'm like, all right, man. Just Whenever I see it, I'm going to try it. You know, just try it. You just can't, you can't let that pride get to you. You get that, you feel like, or like, say, for instance, you want to look for advice. Sometimes your pride just gets you and you're like, man, what if... What if that person is busy or what if that person says something or what if, man, that what if doesn't exist. <laughs> Just straight up, man, that what if don't exist. So sometimes we let our pride overcome us and we, we and push us into a different direction, into a different, li different lifestyle of living that we, we kind of force ourselves to that. Yeah, people say we have our destiny or our destination or our life, whatever. No, whatever happens today, Whatever I decide to do today, if I decide to not say to my son, I don't love him, if I decide to, I to push him away or go to my basement and, you know what I'm saying, just work 24-7, that is going to create a future for my son differently than what I should have, you know? So I'm mm -hmm. already aware of that, you know? So I'm consciously aware of that already, man. So I already said, one of the main one thing is forgiveness. No matter what, for your own sanity and sake, forgive and forget, kind of in a way. You know, you know, it's the top of it. So I did that. I did that with my cousin, and I, it, it was very prideful. I'm like, oh, man, 
you know, dude, it sucked, man. I did that also for my dad. You know, I said I forgave him for everything. And I told my, I said, I'm like, I said, I, this is the way I kind of approached him. I was like, dad, I'm very sorry for not being the son that you were expecting me to be. You know, I'm very sorry. You know, that is it. I don't know what the son he wanted me to be. I really didn't know. And he probably didn't know neither, you know. But, you know, he grew up very, very tough. He had a very, very tough life, lifestyle. He was beat up. He grew up with eight sisters. He was, you know, he was the, you know, he was the ninth. He was the only boy. He was the only, the only dude, <laughs> the first child. So he had it rough. So, and I was the only guy with two sisters. So I kind of can see the resemblance of what he was trying to do, you know. But you have to realize it's not, that's not the way you should do it. You know, if course, at the end of the day, you know, if you're if you want your kid to be a lawyer or a doctor, you know, you kind of have to push him in that direction. You kind of have to dedicate, invest time to your kids to push him in that direction that you want him to be. Because don't wake up the end of the day when they're 18 and be like, oh, they end up being a manager at McDonald's. Why? Because my my bad, my more, my bad, my boy Marco was busy working 24 seven all his life and never dedicate time to his son to try to push him in that direction. You know, even though I gave him everything, um, he never, he had all his clothes, he had everything. You feel me? Like, I tried to find a way to just... <laughs> no, 100%. So when you went to speak to your dad to kind of, you know, go over this situation, how did that go? Because um, I know you had said forgiveness, mm -hmm. but... At any point in time, did you ever try to blame yourself? Did you ever feel like you did something wrong, like you were to blame? Because it doesn't sound hearing it on this end that you were to blame. You're a kid. And obviously, you know the I mean? kid, I, I know. As, as, a, as a father myself, uh, and you're a father, you know, our job, our main job is to support our families and to provide for our families. So if my son decides to take, I, I, I can't vision that, dude. I can't, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't picture my son you know, being in a shower for five extra minutes and going in there and trying to, I can't think of that, dude. I can't think, I, I, the things that you just told me are like, I can't vision a father or a mother, you know, treating their child like that. And as long as you don't blame yourself because you were an innocent child, you know what I mean? I know you said forgive. Did you ever no. blame yourself? That's the question. Um, I did, you know, I, I did in a way because, um, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'll, my mother, if, if she was here, um, will tell you, and my sisters will tell you everything. Was, I think I was a very good kid up to the rape point. Um, after that rape point kind of changed everything. I remember it was pouring rain, dude. I went outside and I screamed out to that God, you know, and or whatever at that time. That's why I say God, you know. At that time, I was, and I yelled at him, like, where are you, you know? Why aren't you here? My dad was, I was screaming at my dad when that was happening. He was in the he was in the garage with his I think it was his neighbor and I think it was my uncle at the time, drinking, um, and playing cards. And my mom was working two jobs. My mom will kind of have to beg my my dad to go get us milk. My dad will kind of have to fight my mom for it. You know, like really, I'm tired. I don't want to go. This is that. You don't have you don't you don't you don't know what I've been through. I worked so you know so much at work and this and I dude. I, I, I've heard it all, man. Like, dude, hearing my dad, all the excuses, bro. <laughs> it's just, and then I, I woke up and I'm like, and I keep thinking to myself, what do I need to do to make, to be a better kid? To be a better, is it my grades? I was of average 2.0 student, you know, to up to the, when I was 
12, I started going below for the fact that I wasn't getting the attention that I was looking for. Um, I would do sports and I would do everything like I can and then I will never get attention. So I started getting my I started getting my parents attention in a different way, which is acting rebellious and acting up on school and, you know, and being a class clown and stuff like that. So Yes, I I think about that. I'm like, shit, man, I should have never done that. You know, I should have, you know, never hit my sisters, never pulled their hair, you know, never should have went into the rooms and bugged them, you know, because my dad was a very aggressive uh, guy. He's a very nervous guy. He, 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 he literally beat up, he beat me up like a guy from, he would be at a guy at a bar, you know, straight up. It was no spanking. It was, he beat me up with a two by four one time with a nail. I still have the point in my butt. Um, he locked me up in the, in the structure pole. He, I guess I dropped me. He did all that, you know. I don't know why he was very angry, man. Like, but he was a very prideful person. He didn't ever want to speak about it. If you think about it, man, you don't speak about it. You're never going to get to, you know, you're, all you're doing is you're walking to your destination and basically just scraping everybody on the way, you know. And I just never knew why he was like that, man. He just drank and drank and drank and drank. And... Just we were always wondering what was going on. There was to a point that I literally told my mom, "Leave him." I said, "Leave him." Um, I, we're tired of it. We're tired of, dude. I'm gonna tell you this. I was a kid that I will go to my friend's house and I will cry because they'll invite me dinner and I will sit there eat dinner with them and I will cry eating dinner because this is something that I enjoyed because we weren't a family like that. Um, there was always arguments on the table. Um, some, either some, either my sisters will eat at one time, my mom will eat at a separate time and my dad will eat at another time. You feel me? So you, you start getting, you start drifting away from that family area or whatever the case may be. So, you know, and I start realizing that, that like, you shouldn't live that way, you know, but I didn't realize that until I did those four years that I wouldn't change for, for nothing, you know? If it wasn't for those four years, I probably would have never forgiven my dad. Probably would have never forgiven my rapist. I probably wouldn't have forgiven nobody. You know, I had a priest that had touched me right here with his, you know, and I believe in that stuff, you know, with kids doing that. And I say that all the time, like, speak up about it. Don't be scared. You know, if you don't, if you don't speak up, the way, the reason why kids don't speak up is because they end up introduced to getting feared and they end up sealing their mouths at home because of everything that happens at home, you know? So their parents are always arguing and always fighting or whatever the case may be. Or then they, you hear the mom tell them, hey, don't, don't say this to your friends or don't mention this at school or whatever the case may be. You start learning to just be silent in a way. Just kind of walk your, your path. <laughs> mm. So Well, you know, Marcos, as, as long as you – I didn't really get a clear answer on that part as long as as, as long uh, like as long as you're not trying to feel like you're to blame man because again as, as a father you know i had a little sister you think i was nice to my sister i regret i wasn't mean. well yeah i was mean i was mean but i mean it was my little sister you know what i mean if i pulled her hair if i pushed her down you know six steps the most i would do as even when my dad was around those days was i'd get the ear pulled that was it. Yelling, 
maybe a threaten with a belt, but never had a hand laid on me, just the ear pull from my dad. My mom was a verbal person. She wasn't verbally, not aggressively. She was more like try to talk the situation out. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that's, that's, it's a crazy story, man. And Marco, I appreciate uh, you sharing that with us. I mean, four years is a long time, dude. I don't know if I would be able to go through what you would have went through in, in four years walking the streets because, I mean, it's – I know what it's like waiting a week to start a fresh job and you're so antsy and you are you have something to look forward to. When you're – like, True. what is it like? Like, the, the first week, the second week, two months in, wh where was the end? You know what I mean? When you're walking around endlessly, it's like you don't know what you're living for at that point. You know what I mean? Well, you got to that you, point at you the have four to, year mark. You, Think about it. You, you, we kind of, in a way, society kind of lives it in a way because if you get home and you only work and you get home and you don't do nothing, you live to live and you have no goals, no passions, no activities, no, no nothing, you kind of live in like a homeless person in a way. Yeah, you have the royalties in a way. You feel mm -hmm. me? But you're getting home. That's what I lived. <laughs> how, how, how lonely were those four years? Because it's easy to say I was homeless for four years. Did you have your friends? Did you have, I know you said earlier, acquaintance and this and that, and that's when you actually found out who your real friends were. Did you have people to actually hang out with over those four years? In the beginning, in the beginning, yes. Um, I would jump from like uh, a friend to another friend and we would talk and everything. Then to whenever they would kick me out and then I would continue walking my path. Um, and then there was kind of like a local park by my house um, and I would stay under the little bridge. Um, that they had like the little playground bridge in there. And then before they sundown, I'll wake up and go to my kind of my house. Since they had uh, like out, I would charge into my phone because it's the only time that I had. It's like the to, to tell time. So I'll go there and plug in my phone, you know. So in the beginning, you know, I did have uh, the two, the two, like it was like a year and a half, almost two years that I had those, uh, those friends that I would jump, you know, jump back and forth and we would talk and everything like that. But they were doing their own thing, you know, they were trying to get their their shit going, their stuff going, you know, their life, you know, straight ahead. People were going off to college, you know, they were starting off with, you know, uh, careers in unions or whatever the case may be, you know, or they were living with their parents' house and they didn't want somebody else there, you know. So it's like, it's very tough in the beginning. Um, so, and then you start getting used to it. You start realizing that's what you deserve in a way, you know. So... You kind of balance what do you do you either live to live and continue this until you see what happens or you make something out of it and you push yourself into the direction that you kind of want to wanted to be in in the first place you know and my direction was having a family <laughs> you know why because my pride was speaking i'm gonna prove to my dad i want to be the best father ever <laughs> so that was my first thing i wanted to do is create a family have a family man you know and then from that it's just poof <laughs> Marco, if you didn't climb that roof at the four-year mark, what do you think was going to happen beyond that? I probably would have that, 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 that's, where, that's where everything obviously started to change for you and start yeah. to look up and, you know, you started to have some, some motivation and, and stuff like that. So if you never climbed that roof, where were you going to end up? To be honest with you, if my – there's two things. All right. Um – the only motivation at that time that I had was my current, my wife at the time was my girlfriend. So there was two things. It was either she kind of motivated me in a way to push me in a direction that I needed to be, or um, 
I kind of still drown myself in misery and this is that and basically kind of kill myself on the streets. Because you got to think about it. That's the reason what happens. You you don't know what's going on in their heads, man. And this is one of the lessons that I learned. And I will, you know, end it in the way, you know. My dad will always send money to my grandfather in Mexico. He was a big alcoholic. And will argue with my mom and be like, why are you sending him money? You know he's going to spend it on booze, this, this, and that. My father would say this. I don't know that. I feel good sending him money. I don't know if he's going to spend it on drugs or, or alcohol. I don't know. He might spend it on food or clothes or whatever. I don't know. At the end of the day, I feel good about it. So I took that message from my parents and poof, and I used it. And I walked it in the four years. And then I, when I was living, when me and my wife got together, my wife was against giving people money. You know, you start eyeballing the schemers and stuff like that, you know. And, and, but there's really out there people. At the end of the day, you got to realize, man, $3 to our X amount of dollars at the end of the week isn't much. You know, we're blessed to keep. I'm going to tell you this right now. If I can move my fingers and I can move my legs and I can move my body, even after the accident, I'm a million bucks, baby, all day. You know what I'm saying? Me giving somebody five bucks, $10, 20 bucks, or be like, oh, that's the only thing I have. And I and at that moment in time, I in my heart says, give him money. I'm gonna give him money no matter if I have twenty bucks, you know, because that's my emotion kind of created in a way, and I'm gonna act upon it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just hold myself against it and be like, no man, what if he sends? What if he sell buys booze or what if he buys it on drugs? No man, that's it. I'm gonna be just giving him money and then sitting going my way. That is the reason why I feel like I'm being blessed, man. One of the reasons why because. You give and you get so much in return as well, man. And it sounds very ego or prideful in the way, but dude, it's sometimes even a blessing in the return, dude, because it it calms you down, dude, in a way. It calms you, gives you peace, you know, in a way. You know, you might be going through a hard time and you may do an act of kindness, something like that, no matter if this dude's a schemer or not. It's going to make you feel better about yourself in a way. You feel me? So whatever situation or negative vibration or vibe you were going through or the uh, the dude that was kind of giving you attitude at work just went away, bro. It cost you three bucks, bro. That's it. Your emotions mm-hmm. are more important. <clears throat> your sanity is more important than three dollars in your pocket. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Feeling very well. That good feeling. It's. Uh, I don't know. It was about maybe four or five years ago. Now I was at Tim Hortons coffee shop drive-through, and for the first time ever. There was a lady in front of me and I got up to the window to get my coffee, ready to pay my two bucks, whatever it was. And the lady said, the car in front of you paid. Like, what? What? what you... That lady was long gone. I didn't even get a chance to say. But the feeling I had that somebody bought me that coffee. Dude, I am the biggest Tim Hortons drive through addict of buying the coffee behind <laughs> me. Sometimes it bites me in the ass because, you know, what I, what I want to do is I want to pay for your coffee. If you have six people in your van and, you know, you got your kids getting bagels and stuff, there's been a couple of times where it's cost me 32 bucks and stuff like that because I've fed a family. You know, you're, you're at a coffee shop, not McDonald's. You know what I mean? But the feeling when that lady bought me the coffee, man, I felt golden. Mm-hmm. This person didn't know who I was. Only thing this person knew about me was it was probably about five in the morning. So she saw the reflection of her red taillight off of my face and knew that I had a white van. That was it. She didn't mm-hmm. judge me. She didn't know anything about me, but was willing to pay that coffee for me. You know, 
So I thought, you know what? That made me so feel so good. I'm going to do the same. And the first time I did it was at that same Tim Hortons. And down the road from there, there's this big transit garage or public transit as a big garage. And I paid for the coffee. It was a dude behind me. I left. I didn't care to see him again. I got to the red light. Dude raced up beside me. Beep, 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 beep. And when he's like, dude, thank you so much. You made my day. And, you know, just to hear those words, many people, I never see them again. Many of them don't get through the red light and I'm long gone. They don't get a chance to say thank you. But some of them do. And, you know, just to see that simple $2 that I spent, the way that it made them feel. Because you don't know what that person is going through. That person could have just had a fight with her husband or, you know, mm -hmm. with her, with... He could have fought with his wife. You don't know what that person's day is. So you can literally make somebody's day so much better with such a simple thing. You got to think you know about I mean? it. It's the best uh, uh, people can't afford the college. It's the best uh, $3 money you can buy because it makes you feel good, man. You know, it makes mm -hmm. you feel good, but it makes the other person feel good as well. and makes them forget 100%. what they're going through. You know, 100 percent. percent. So Marco, before we get back into the show, my last question is, Do you have a relationship with your parents today? Um, I'm trying. Um, it's been tough. Um, it's, man, dude, you know, it's tough you know getting you're, your you're, door. You're, no, 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 hold on. It's no, tough you're, you're, you're good, getting dude. your door shut so many times, bro. You're and you know, I'm going to tell you this right now. Going to the house and knocking on the door or seeing my dad outside and saying, hey, I want to speak to my mom because my mom stays in Michigan and for work purposes only. They're still together. But I want to just, just, I want my, 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 my wife that doesn't have parents. You know, my, my wife grew up, my, her mom abandoned her and her dad got run over when she was a baby. So grandparents side on that side? No. Grandparents on my end, we have some. So I'm fighting for that for my kids, man. You know, I don't want to wake up the next day. And my kids end up saying, where's my grandpa? Where's my granddad? Because they end up finding out for what they are. I'm fighting for that, dude. And it sucks, man. Your pride fuck, gets you, bro. Give no, me the door shut, Marco, dude. Give <laughs> the door shut. And, it, and it's, it's crazy that you just keep trying. You know what I mean? It, it's like dude, you're not you going to give up. Bro. You're just going to go that But many you have people to. wouldn't do that. Many people wouldn't do that, dude. Your dad tried to kill you five times. Your mom tried to kill you three times. You didn't sound like you didn't have the greatest <laughs> upbringing. You know what dude, I mean? Dude, going in. Yeah, well, come on, man. Dude, you you just, know? It, man, it's just, I believe in, I believe that you, you, really, you shouldn't die alone. No, you're you know? a good dude. I, I believe you shouldn't. I believe that um, anybody that's by themselves, I believe they shouldn't die alone. So I believe there should always be family reunions. I believe there should be always family gatherings. I believe that you should be always call your mother and make sure that she's okay. I believe in that, man, because it's just a sanity to yourself, brother. It's just, you just, you got to realize, man, if it wasn't for them, dude, you wouldn't be in the position you are today, bro. You know, no matter how effed up their life was, dude, you think about it, dude. I realize now it's like, yeah, my dad was a straight D-I-C-K. <laughs> And he needed help and whatever the case may be. Dude, it was, oh, man, one day we'll talk. There's a lot, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's hard. He came up drinking when my sister, little sister was born, you know, and that's because I walked with my mom to the bar to try to get him out of there. And then my, my mom ended up getting slapped by the woman that my dad was talking to. <laughs> you feel me? And I seen that. <laughs> 
And then I'm like, that's when the time I told my mom, leave them. Screw that. I'd rather live in a box with you and my sisters than live with him in a house. Straight up is is straight depressing. Do you realize why is my kid always going straight to a room? Why does he come to the living room and just be watch TV? Why does he go to his room? You never know what he's going through, either if he's at school or at home. Maybe it must have been an action that my dad did a week ago and I still haven't spoke upon it because I don't know how to act upon my emotions or by my resentment and then because he hit me and he abused the crap out of me a week ago and I don't want to talk about it because I don't because I'm prideful because I don't know how to work those emotions, then what's going to happen? It's going to push me in a different direction, dude. So I'm glad that those four years, dude, that kicking me out was the best thing that has ever happened to me emotionally and inside, you know, and everything. Even outside material, bro. I'm, dude, I have a house, man. It's not the best looking house, bro, but I have a fucking house, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You know, I don't got the best looking car, dude. You know what I'm saying? But I got a car. And I, don't, and I got a one bad, you know what I'm saying? I worked my ass up to get to that point, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to find ways to just motivate, motivate, bro. Motivate, motivate, dude. No matter what the circumstances may be, dude. Think about it, man. When I started painting, you know, that might be one of your questions. So I'm probably, wait, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I what do you mean? Shows. That me. I think you've watched more shows than you're normally the first person here, dude. You know, I'm like, I don't even have to read the questions. I'll just let you go. <laughs> oh, man. Go for it, dude. man. Go ahead. I didn't want no, to talk. Dude, go ahead. Dude, you have to find the courage to be like, dude, this is it, man. This is it. Like, I see Payne, Oklahoma, dude, seeing his motivations and trying to get to, to, his, to his goal. And his goal is to stand up and walk and hold his daughter. That's the thing he said. He's never said to go and work. He's never said. The first thing he said was to hold his daughter, bro. And I can't wait to see that. That is the, sh the stuff that we motivate each other for, man. We it's why I love the community in a way, you know. Like, damn, bro. Like, you see people out there, like you, you push each other. Like me, bro. Like three, I never went to a therapist to look for my back and to look for ways to figure out how to fix my back. It was just, it was just straight cast, baby. You know what I'm saying? You know, I couldn't wipe myself. I tried wiping myself from the front. I tried wiping myself from the back, dude. It was horrible, dude. I've got shit, got it everywhere, bro. <laughs> It was depressing, bro. You, I couldn't get up, man. I had needed help getting up the couch. That's what the doctor said. You need somebody to look after. And I had a place. I had a little place at the time, you know. And I gave up that little place because I needed somebody to look up after me. And if it wasn't for that family that said, hey, here's this number. You should look, call them. It's a new construction painting. Because I was asking them to see if they can get me into painting. Because I wanted to work, man. It's like, man, I need to do something. <laughs> I started working at a little wireless shop fixing phones. So that's what I do. But they weren't paying me enough to try to get to where I wanted to get to. And I started working as painting uh, new construction production homes. That's kind of what I call it. Because there's different kinds of new construction. But I call it new construction production homes. Like you buy a subdivision and you have three models. And then you just blast out kind of just build them out and you go in there and just kind of rapidly you know paint them you know mm -hmm. dude i and what i did man dude the owner of the company will take them to do the to do the primers he used a gas sprayer oh of course i wasn't gonna spray i was recently coming out of injury bro i will wear i will wear two work vests two work vests right here you know what i'm saying because i still felt the pain rolling the pain, with an 18 inch yeah. roller bro foyers bro ceilings bro feeling the pain man you know what i'm saying 
but I knew that I needed to get through it, bro. I needed to get through it because I know if I didn't work, if I didn't push myself, I will probably end up being back on the street. That's what I said. Maybe that's what I, maybe I didn't, maybe I could have come back to working at a warehouse where I met my wife, you know, I don't know, but I'm glad I fought through that pain, man. You know, it's crazy, dude. A hundred percent. Thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Marco, man, I, I appreciate. You know, it, it took uh, fifty-seven minutes. You just got the answer to my question in the last thirty seconds. The first question I asked you, you just got the answer out now. So thank you for getting to that. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, Marco. You know what? It's um, your story is great, man. And like I said, you're you're definitely. I would never looking at you today. Aside from that scruffy ass beard and that messed up hair, <laughs> bro, you just, girl, you just jealous. You can't grow some. That's the reason, bro. That's the reason tell. why I'm. That's the reason why I'm growing it because I know you see my McDonald's hairline, boy. You know that shit's gonna go away. So I'm, I'm gonna grow at least one more time. That's it. After that, it's gone. I'm gonna oh, be like it, you, Chris. Is it, heading to, is it heading towards the back? It's gonna get head straight to the back. Like, to the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know what? Let's. Uh, oh, thank like you, Like I said, your, your, your story is crazy, man. I <laughs> I feel happy for you. I feel sad thank for you. you. I got man. all these different these different Dude, feelings. But I'm gonna tell you this something, bro. Day, can look I where you are? Look where you are now. You have a can beautiful I, can family. Can I tell you something? And... Don't don't feel bad, man. Because um, don't feel bad for me. Because it might be an emotion that you might be going through, or anybody here that they might be going through. I'm like, holy fuck, man, that's just really bad. But you have to realize that. You know, take that and and grab that, bro, and just push you yourself know, to be better tomorrow. You know, listen, with your kids or with your wife or with or with or with your coworkers or, or whatever the case may be, man. Because, dude, this is even with this whole COVID or whatever, man. I'm still trying, man, and it sucks, dude. Because you get the door shut, I get the whole, dude. They changed the number on me so many times, and I try to figure out numbers, and I try to call them, dude, and I send letters, man. I'm trying because I don't know, man, what's going to happen tomorrow. I just you know what? Know. <laughs> After listening to you for the last hour, one thing that I am not going to say, and I hope never again, is to my three-year-old, wait. I'm busy. Not going to hear those words. Dude, is Whatever this... I'm doing, it can wait. Bro, can because you think... I'm going to be three one. So, I mean, and these are things that I do daily without even thinking of it because... I'm trying to get a quote out or I'm, you know, there's so many different things that are happening in my life, but he's my main priority. All of them, not just you, him. So, you think you about know, it, it's something, like... As something simple as just telling him to wait. I don't think twice about that. You know, and he'll ask me three times, even though I told him, just wait. It's like, wait until I tell you I'm ready. That's not going to happen no more because I listened to your story and it actually made me think as I'm listening to you, I'm like... I'm a good dad. I'm always here for my kids every day. I don't hit my kids. I go, what do I do? I mm -hmm. always tell them, wait. And you know who's no. going to wait? My client is going to wait. Because you got to think of... Whatever I'm doing is going to wait. My That's kids awesome, are, bro. Obviously, I, I try to make them first priority anyways, but I do use that because quite a bit. They don't, they, you know? But they don't know, man. They're three-year-olds. They, know. Know, they don't know that mm -hmm. we're working yeah. to, to, for them, you know? But yeah. you got to realize, dude, I, this is to, to end this, but you got to realize... I realized I did the I'm, I did the same mistake when I first started my own company, bro. The first year, seven days a week, twelve, fifteen, sometimes sixteen hour days, man. I will come home at three o'clock in the morning trying to meet a deadline, dude. I was how motivated trying to meet a deadline, man, because that's very important to me is meeting a deadline. <laughs> and dude, but 
Can I tell you something, man? These dang, like I said, it's crazy how the world's changing now. We, I tell my wife, this is electric pacifiers, is the tablets or the phones or whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to realize now, kids are playing with those kids on those tablets. You realize they're not playing with daddy or mommy. They're playing with those kids on that tablet. They're playing with that dad and that kid that they're looking at that tablet, but man, they're getting raised by somebody else electronically that they see on that tablet. And we realize, I'm like, because my son has an, a speech impairment right now. He's five years old. And I'm like, and I look at him like, dang, I'm like, I see three-year-olds at customers. I'm like, they can speak fluently. Like, what's going on? And then one of the things that I realized him growing up is me not dedicating majority of the time, you know, of focusing on his language because my wife only speaks Spanish. And then I realized that he started to speak almost a different language because sometimes you get, they come across those different language videos and we're so busy trying to get stuff done that we don't even change those videos. And I'm like, and I hear my son speak, well, well, maybe we better change that stuff, you know? So you realize little things like that, dude, can shape up your kid in so many ways, man, that we don't even know. We're so clueless because we're dude. so... <laughs> my my, I'll tell you what. My kid is gonna speak Russian. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't speak a word of Russian, but he watches these two little kids on YouTube for kids that speak Russian, and he will not change it. So I said to him today, I said, uh, "How do you say thank you in Russian?" It took a while for me to get it through to him, but then he told me "sosibo." I said, "Holy shit! I know that word. That's the only word I know." In, in <laughs> I, I know a couple of bad ones too, but this oh. show is not meant for swearing, right? So right, right, we're going right. to skip that. But, you know, Marco, let's try to get into some of these questions. Um, your story is amazing. I can tell you're a strong dude. And, you know, seeing the smile before knowing your story, I would have never guessed. I would have never known what you went through, your, you know, your good times, your bad times, your struggles, your heartaches, and you know what I mean? And your, your, Climbing from the bottom to the top of the mountain, basically, because that's probably what it felt like climbing K2 in the winter time, right? <laughs> yeah, we're trying, um, trying, baby, we're trying. <laughs> but uh, so back to this family that got you into this uh, men's place. And then we're going to take the show from there. Are you in touch with these people? who helped, Yes. Uh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Um, they're like a family to me. Um, we don't... We don't work together. Uh, we sometimes rarely will. He, they started a business, which I'm very happy for them. They deserve it because they were mostly working for their, his cousin or his brother-in-law. You know, they had businesses. So that specific family were just painters working for other. So now they're, okay. uh, you know, so I'm very happy with them. Uh, you know, this past Christmas, uh, we ended up buying, uh, me and my family ended up buying them. Uh, thanks to Danny, um, uh, learning of those ED-655s. They don't know any about it, you know, so I ended up buying one of them and let them know more about the game changing, baby, game changing, you know, so it's like trying to help them, bro, because like, um, if it wasn't for them, man, I wouldn't be in this position. Just the bottom line is just, I, I, I have my, I have one, I have, I have the brothers, the three brothers on Snapchat and I'll randomly send them a message saying, hey, bro, thank you, man. You know, they see that I'm rocking and they'll be like, bro, you're busy. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in this position. I always say that. I always say that. I'm always saying that because if it wasn't for them, the same thing with my boss, my first boss. It's funny because uh, the two years that I had my business, it, I texted him. I was, I was very happy and everything like that. And I was like, hey, boss, his name's Jose. I was like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to work for you. That, that, and that. Um, you know, if everything you need, 
I'm here for you. You know, if there's a primary you need to get done. I don't care if I work hourly that I'll help you because dude, if it wasn't for him, <laughs> bro, I wouldn't be in the position I was in it as well, man. He still gave me a lot. He, the first week, um, when I got, we talked about pay and everything, <laughs> he asked me about my, my vest. He was like, what's up with those vests? Cause he's no reason I wore two vests, two work vests, one on top of it, just, just to get the same width. And I'm like, are you trying to lose weight or what is it? And I straight went on bluntly told him, you know, a company does not want to hear somebody's walking into a work with a fucked up, sorry, with a messed up back or something, injuries, you know, recent injuries. I told him straight up. I said, you know what? I have, I recently did this. I told him a little bit of what happened and everything. And I said, I'm not going to, by all means, I'm not going to do anything. I just here to work. I'm here to try to see what I can do. And boom, he gave me, he put, he gave me the opportunity. You know, he never, he didn't lay me off. He never, you know, and I'm grateful to this day for him. You know, if you can hear me to this day, man, um, I'm very happy for him. I'm very happy that he gave me that opportunity to work for him. You know, if it, that would be one boss that I would work for, that'd be him. You know, because uh, it, it's, it's a blessing to get somebody that, you know, it'd be scary to have somebody to be like, bro, man, this guy just got recently injured and, you're a new construction scene and you can big time hurt yourself here, you know, and for him to still give me the chance to work for him, man, he's seen the push. He's seen the inspiration trying to get those, you know, those primers done, those big houses primers. You know, I'm over here back rolling the primers just to, because I, he didn't want me to just sit there. So I'm back rolling the primers behind them and I'm trying to get the hang of it because I didn't know how to roll at the time, trying to roll the ceiling. Sometimes he will lay it so heavy on one side and lay it so light on the other. And I'm over here trying to roll half a ceiling and then trying to roll the other half. Like, no, man, you have to start in the middle and you have to roll the whole ceiling back and forth. And I'm pretty tall. So it's like you can you have to kind of like bend your knees to kind of like get to one ceiling from the middle to the other. But I figured out he caught me so much, man. And I'm happy, bro. I'm happy. And, right. um, you, 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 like I said earlier, you <laughs> always look happy. So I, I can see that. that that's either one big, big ass smile or you're hey, Bro, I'm going to tell you this, man. It takes, it takes a lot out of me to get mad, man. But when I do, you don't want to see my anger out of me because I choose to be angry. You know, mm. this is the thing. It's like you have to try to learn how to control your emotions. Once you do that, it's game over. You learn to overcome what you can't overcome. And it's it, bottom line. And the one thing that's very hard for me right now is stress. You know, that's to, to let... Stress from outside, get inside. Think about it. It's stress from the outside. I shouldn't let that come inside of me. But that's one thing that I'm trying to work on because running a business is tough, man. Hats off to the people that can run successfully run them. Honestly, hats off to all of them. It was because honestly, trying to run a business, trying to gather up work, trying to... We'll talk about it more, man, but hats off to yeah, those guys. For sure, <laughs> for sure. So during this time, before you went out on your own, you worked for three, four companies. Yes. I Over. worked for the longest for Flaw for that company, the first one. I worked for the longest for him. The only reason why I left, ooh, uh, ooh. Me and him, no, that was me and him. Me and somebody in the job area, we were, we were drinking after work. Mm. Mm. Shouldn't drink, right? With the boss? Um, I had a, with the boss? No, not the boss. Okay. No. So, you know, the, so this is the thing with me, man. I was very, very hungry. Hungry. I started at I'm probably going to answer one of your questions already. I started at $14 an hour, and I wanted to learn. He said, I don't normally start nobody at 14 because you're starting here not knowing nothing. So, but you, it looks like you're, 
you're a hard worker, you're trying to strive, you work hard, you work, you're trying to get stuff done. So I'm start at 14. And dude, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn how to cut. I wanted to learn how to spray. I wanted to learn how to clean the pump. And all these guys, you started meeting all these guys that don't want to teach you nothing, you know? So that company, all those guys didn't want to teach you nothing. Every group that I was put in, didn't want to teach you. So I will stay after hours. Clock out, baby. Boom. I'm going to F what you say to me now. And I, they will stay after because we were already prepped all the house and everything. And they will stay to spray the house, make that extra money. So the only way I will stay is, and they won't say anything is go get, go get your boy a six pack or a 12 pack. And I'll go run to the liquor store and I'll grab one and then I'll watch them, you know, spray. I'll hold the hose for them, you know, make it easier for them. And I will watch their movements. I will watch the way they spray. I will watch the way they do their thing, how to fix the pump, how to diagnose the pump. I was hungry, Chris. I was hungry to learn. And then that first year, I was raised $4.50. That was my only raise. He said, you know what, man? My evaluation after the year, he said, I'm going to raise you $4.50 because you've worked yourself up to that point. Um, now, from here, the position you can go to is a foreman. Um, but he told me what I needed to work on and stuff like that. And I was getting to that position. And then we were working at a job site. We got alcohol in our systems, and we, me and one of our coworkers, ended up fighting outside the job site, and we just kind of spit away. And job, the homeowner, the owner was like, "You know what? You know, I respect you a lot, Marco, but this is stuff that I don't, you know, I don't tolerate, you know, and stuff like that." And then I had to respect the decision, you know. And to this day, you know, I do regret it, you know, regret my decision doing that, you know, because I probably would have been still there, you know, making good money or doing whatever, working for him. But then again, dude, it's crazy, man, because it's like you meet all these guys that have so many years. Like I met so many guys. I get intimidated by guys that have more years than me, man. I know I've only had, what, six years going to my seventh year. And the only thing I've learned is on the go, on the way, you know. And I get all these guys that know so much and everything, and I get intimidated a little bit. But you have to realize, man, if I were to be stuck in that new construction production home, that's all I would have known. That's it. That's all I would have known. I would have known how to handle a residential. A residential. I would have known how to how to paint uh, iron, iron. You know how to treat. You know uh, rust. You know spot. I would have known how to do what I know today if I would have been stuck in the same job for so many long you have to realize there's so many guys that are stuck doing the same thing for so many years i'm happy that i'm the way i am today just, you know, as a painter you know mm-hmm. but i am I, I do regret leaving him the way i did or parting ways the way we parted ways you know and i apologize to him so many times and then i've been grateful to him so many times and we met up and had lunch and then and stuff but we're, he's he's a very peaceful guy too as well so it's awesome. He's a good, he's a Jehovah's Witness. I don't like messing with that, but he's a very peaceful dude. And we just love to talk about life and about how to, how to manage our, our life together. And I love him. You know, he's a good guy. He still respects me and I respect the hell out of him, you know? Right on, right on. So you decided at some point to go out on your own. Yes. Um, I went from working from him. I went to... Um, what I call what Danny does, uh, new construction custom homes in the way. 
And just because I need to learn more knowledge. I need to learn how to do stain work and lacquers and all that. And that's one of the passions I did. I did that for like kind of six months. And then, then they laid me off. There weren't so much work and stuff like that. But I was managed to absorb whatever I could of, out of cutting, cutting that or painting wainscoting or painting all those weird custom build outs, bro. Like that's what I wanted to learn. So I did that for six months and I was blessed to do that, to spray, you know, 10, 10 feet heavy, you know, walnut doors that are stained with lacquer, putting some Vaseline in the yards and just, Shh, let's go, baby. You know, you know, I will, I try to learn. I was very hungry to learn, Chris, you know, and nobody was going to teach you, you know, so you have to try to learn yourself in a way and try to absorb what you can from others that are around you. And that's what I try to do. So I did that for six months. Then I wanted those residentials because if I was just sticking to construction, I wouldn't know how to manage the residential. Straight up. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't know how to, I, I know how to go and paint a room, but I wouldn't know how to go in there and prep up a room, gather up the stuff in the middle or whatever the case may be to properly prep a room for a residential job. You know what I'm saying? Construction, mm -hmm. construction is, hey, let's go, baby, blow out stuff mm -hmm. kind of in a way, you know? So it's different. So I did that in a way and I learned a lot from uh, Charlie. That was a guy that I worked for, for residential. And then I, he was pretty shitty. He treated me very, very bad in a way. Like he cussed at me. He said I did really, very horrible work. I needed to pick up the slack, like stuff like that. Like we would work till like seven, eight o'clock in the, at night. And he said we needed to pick up the slack. Like he was very abusive uh, boss. You know, he was slave workers in a way. Um, so my son was born in 2015, on December 15th. I kind of told my wife I had it with people that I was working with. And she said, why don't you just go start your own thing? She said, I was scared. I said, why would I? Um, like, you're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I just got a brand new baby. Why should I go, why should I go start a, a business? You know, so in 2000, late 2015, I got my first gig as a interior job. It was a medium sized interior job. It was just all walls and ceilings. And it was game over. I went from there. My wife said, you're good at what you do. What's the worst thing that could happen? You go, you'll work for somebody else. You're going to get paid what they pay you because you're worth what you're worth, Marco. You have to, dude, my wife is, oof, one of, if I'm a motivational speaker, tell my wife, we'll come over here. If I'm down, she'll come over here and just be like, come on, baby, let's go. Like, he will push me in that direction, though, like in that way. Like, she was like, you're good at what you do, Marco. What's the, what's the worst that can happen? You, you, you fail. You know, you don't succeed in this business. You go back and work for somebody that tells you you're worthless. You, you, you're worth it. You know where you're at. Let's go. You know, and I did it. And no looking back. <laughs> right on. So this has been now, sorry, I'm getting my things mixed up. Two years? No, five. What is it? On your own? Oh, no, no. I worked for people for about two and a half years and I'm, I will be five years in, in, in August in this year. Okay, in August, gotcha. October this year um, that I <clears throat> officially started because I, I don't consider myself officially started until I registered everything and stuff like that. So I'm like, uh, but yeah. I was picking up side jobs and I will get a side job and then I will like be off for like a week, man. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll get customers. I'm like, you, you do good work. You should advertise this and that. And they know none of that, man. No, all that advertising or whatever the case it was. So it's been, it's going to be on five years for now. But going on 2018, I was going through a very, very stressful moment that I was 
was considering you know, looking for somebody to work for, and I did. I went to look for somebody, and phew, another person, a, a, a boss that will go up to a client. I'll, I'm all about honesty, man. Um, I'm the type of person that if I see a hairline crack in a corner that I missed patching, my man, just a little tiny, that I know that it might crack open in the future and it might spread out, I will go back, patch that, and repaint that whole wall. Not just touch up that, that because depending, depending on the paint that the client picks, because sometimes you're able to touch up with just mm -hmm. the paint that they pick. Sometimes you can't. You, sometimes you really are just stuck painting the whole wall, unfortunately. Some, sometimes you can go to touch up two after it dries, and we won't talk about what effing paint that is, but some paints you can't even touch up two hours later. No, no. And, uh, and so, some of these are top line paints, so. Yeah. I've came across a lot, and so I, I talk about, about honesty, and I feel like that's what's been helping me a lot, you know, going in there. And I seen this boss that I worked for for the summer. All we did was painting exteriors, cedar, cedar house ex exteriors, 350 square foot, 4,000 square foot, you know, exteriors. I was doing them by myself, dude, three days knocking them out by myself, covering them all up, spraying them, back rolling them, back rush rolling them with woodscapes, dude. He was happy. He was very happy. And he had two guys knocking out a house, same house, in four days. I was rocking, dude. I'm a hard worker, dude, because I feel like if I feel like if I just go there and just do what I think it's okay, I feel like I didn't succeed because I think I'm capable of more because I've been through a lot, you know, mm -hmm. with my past and shit. So 100%. I kind of so I kind of push myself in a way. Yes, Sam, R uh. <laughs> But, you know, I pushed myself to that. So I worked for that boss, and I remember him talking to a client and said, he will look at me, he will look at the client and saying, yeah, we did two coats, and go like this. Just put mm. up the sign and saying, like, or will look come up to me and saying, okay, here, Marco, here's the paint, here's this. If it covers in one, you put it in one. I'm like, Serious? He was paying me good. He was paying me good money. I felt like I was still gonna be able to take, take care of my kids here. That's the reason why I started a business, just to make sure my kids are at home, my wife's at home. Because I'm not saying traumatized, but I feel like that there's no other good way but your 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 own wife to raise your kids. You know, if I have like me, I had babysitters growing up all my time, so I had a babysitter raising me in a way. You know, so I pushed myself to that, to make sure that my wife's at home, to make sure my kids are at home, to make sure they have what they need. So the honesty, I've seen that, I'm like, I can't do that. I can't work for somebody like that. Well, let me go back and continue doing what I do. And like, I'm still doing this. <laughs> right on. So Marco, when you got that first job, okay, you said it kind of just rolled on from there. Did mm -hmm. you stay pretty consistent in the, in the beginning? Um, yes. Um, in the, well, I'd say the, in the first month, no, then I met a subcontractor off Craigslist, um, or a contractor off Craigslist. I never knew about HomeAdvisor, never knew about Thumbtag, never knew about Yelp, never knew about none of this advertisement stuff. So I met a subcontractor. I, I, I was a guy that if I didn't have work, my, my, I'm, I'm here on Craigslist. I'm here going at Sherwin-Williams, going at things giving my manager the card. I'm like, hey, I'm a little slow. Trying to make a friendly relationship with the, with my retailer managers. So if they want to recommend me, they can, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. So they, I'm trying my best. I did the whole door-to-door -door thing, going there and knocking on people's doors and leaving my card and stuff like that. And, and, on, and it 
trying to work, man, and and I noticed it wasn't working. I was getting very discouraged. You know, I you know I I didn't know what I was. I, I didn't know what to do. So I, that subcontractor kind of helped me a little bit. I started picking up clients because of that. And the reason why is because I don't know why. Like I said, honesty comes first in a, in anything when it comes to building construction or whatever the case may be, job in your life. This guy, they were lied to them saying that they have painters and stuff like that. And I'm not a type of person that would like to steal clients. No. That's why I have magnets. That's why I don't wrap them because if I have contractors, I don't want to steal their clients. You know, I'm not there. I will take my magnets out, my man, and I will go work for my contractor, do my job, you know, wrap up, get paid, slap my magnets back up. And if they see me driving off with my magnets back up, then they see it. But if they don't, I'm not going to speak up and do that, you know. But I noticed that these guys will say, oh, yeah, we have painters and this and that. So what the clients didn't like is that they will subcontract the job out. So in their mind, it's like, holy shit, I'm paying more when I can yeah, just hire yeah. a painter. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. I felt bad, but they were like, hey, can I have your number and this and that or whatever. But I'm very blunt and I was spoken with my clients. So I'm like, yeah, I got, I got contracted with him. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? I thought you were, fuck. <laughs> you know, so I learned my lesson and I said, you know what, I'm done. And that's when I, when I started doing the manning thing, I was like, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm ready to do that instead. You know, and I did that subcontractor and then he just kind of disappeared out of nowhere. I met a client that told me about HomeAdvisor. Oh, shit. Never. I did it for a year. How much money? How much money did you lose? Okay, the first beginning in the beginning, um, I started. Dude, I was getting billed like a thousand dollars a week, nine hundred, eight hundred. But I was winning. I was winning jobs. So I'm like, okay, I'm making money out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because out of the whole week, I will get six leads, and then the six leads, I will nail four. And two, I will lose. And those two were the big ones, you know. But it's still the end of the day. You look at the bright side. You have four leads that I won that kind of racked up to $15,000 when those $900, I'm like, okay, if you use your money correctly, it shouldn't. But then I started kind of playing with, with the HomeAdvisor app. It started, like, pausing it every three days and started, you know, getting credited back false leads and stuff like that. I started realizing they were very, very draining my money and they were not good on customer service. So I ended it the first year. After the year, I ended it. I think I was paying too much. And I w that was 2017. I did it for the whole 2017. And in 2018, I said, I'm done. And guess what happened? Phew, stuff started getting going slow. You started noticing that you get callbacks from clients that you did from HomeAdvisor or 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 referrals and stuff like that. And I noticed that and I'm like, why am I not getting picked up more calls? And I used to stop giving up on paying home advisor. I said, like, you know what, I'm done with it, you know? But I, that's when I looked for that company I was telling you about that kind of did the whole one code thing, that 2018 part I said, because I didn't have work. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go look for a job and I'm done, you know, with this. I couldn't, you know, the, the worker that I had for the first year was one of my friends. He lived 30 minutes away from me, and then the job will be 30 minutes out. And he had a license issue, so I will pick him up. I'm the type of person, my father always told me this, you ain't ready for work unless you're outside waiting for your ride. That's what he told me that. So every single time, if I didn't have a car and the dude went away to come pick me up, I better be sure I'm waiting outside out of my driveway with my back tools waiting for me mm -hmm. to get picked up. 
I'll so tell that... you something right quick. My <laughs> uncle, who's worked with me, because uh, I've been on my own for quite a long time, like 20-some, 20, 20 years-ish, right? Depending yeah. on, like, how you said, when you actually open the actual business. So, um, anyways, he's been with me almost from day one, even when we're working with companies. And I will tell you, in the 26 years that he's been riding shotgun with me, I pick him up every day. And he has maybe twice in those 26 years not been on the porch waiting for me to pull up. Twice. Both times I pulled up, I saw the front door closed. You know, you had the screen door, the storm mm -hmm. door, and then the front door. The front door is closed. I didn't even stop. I just continued by, you know, because I figured, okay, something happened. He ain't coming out. But never, ever, ever left me waiting. Mm -hmm. Never. So... That was that was some good advice he got there on that. Yeah, well, he he he. I would told him that in the beginning. I'm like, if I'm gonna pick you up. Um, you know, I'm gonna charge you because it's it's. I'm gonna. I have to build character in the worker that I have. So I'm like, I I hate to say this, but I'm gonna charge you five dollars a day there and back. Doesn't matter. You know where we're we going. He was getting paid good money. You know. Um, and then um, I buy him. I will buy him lunch and stuff like that. So I was kind of in. The, I will buy him tools to get started too as well. So I had that him for the first year. Um, his name was Manny, and <laughs> he had a big alcoholic issues. Um, he, I always try to work could talk to him. He he was younger than me. He was you know he was like two years younger than me. So I was trying to work with him, trying to talk to him, trying to see if I can push him out of that you know area that he was in. But it was just you know there's so much you can do. You know it's like how people say you can only walk you can walk the horse to the pond, but you can't make it drink. And uh, and I fortunately I did my best to pick him up for a whole year. And tolerated knock. I would never knock on his door because I wouldn't want to walk in his parents or whatever. But I would honk, call him, he'll tell me to wait, and I will wait because you got to think about it. We we need him as much as they need us, you know. I I needed him as much as he needed me, you know. And I was willing to wait, you know, at times. But I did tell him, you know, you better be outside waiting for me. If not, past five minutes, I'm out of there. I'm going. But dude, you have to realize you can't do everything on your own and. I did that for a year and it was very stressful. I picked up very, a lot of stress and that's why I wanted to pick up a company. I mean, uh, pick up uh, another, and I looked for another company to work for instead and because the business started slow because I stopped the whole home advisor thing. But I never really advertised neither. I never went on Facebook to advertise, never did any type of advertisement besides that because a client told me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Okay, well, you know what? We're gonna, no. We got one question from the regular questions, and we're going to jump into some viewer questions. Because sure. I think you covered almost all of the bases <laughs> in that, uh, that, that speech there. So Calm down. What, 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 <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Jesus. There's a reason why I said that we're going to cut those things. That thing has been on my wall for a year and a half, dude. Just fell right off the wall. <laughs> the questions that I should know off my heart, but my memory doesn't work, so I had to write them down and put them beyond my camera. Just fell off the wall after a year and a half of doing this shit. It's been up there ever oh. since. <laughs> oh, no. Right. You know, there is one question, because I, I feel like um, if there's anyone that I'd really like to ask this question to, it's you. What do you feel has been your biggest success this far? My family. To be able to keep my family here and to be able to push through what I'm doing. Okay, the thing is this, man. Um, 
I don't know how to run a business. Nobody, when it's, they start, they don't know how to run a business. So my first year, it was all about, I started with a little truck for a Ranger, you know, so I didn't have much drops. I didn't have a sprayer. I picked up a sprayer, uh, one of those Titans, old Titans. I picked it up in the garbage and I picked it up. I made it work, bro. And I started using that, man. And then when I first job, I, fought, I ended up buying my first 390 and stuff like that. So I invested it. And I, at the end of the year, I said, where's my money? <laughs> so I didn't know. I didn't know the manager. So I ended up uh, like hiring an accountant. So the accountant was very strict on me, has been very strict on me so far this past couple of four years. It's going to be four years uh, because the first year I very, very was a failure. You know, and I can say that I stole from my company because I am a worker, he, she said. If you want to be a company, you want to be a successful company, you are a worker for your company and you shouldn't steal from your company. You are a worker and you should find your wage for the week. So we budgeted out and I ended up finding, we ended up finding, and she, I had to be honest. I'm like, this is my budget. This is my bills. This is everything. What do you think I'm like? Well, she tell me, what do you think you can work with for the week and stuff like that? So I did, and then she threw, threw me at it, $1,000 a week. First, it, I started, first it was uh, seven fifty. I was like, holy shit, I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting paid that, and but you, because you have to try, I, I don't know what the heck she was trying to do, man, but I was getting pissed, man. I was like, man, man, this chick over here trying to take my money. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, you know, go out with my family and everything, but I'm like, what am I going to do with, $30,000, it's like me working again for somebody else. But then again, you know why I opened a company for it was because my, uh, obviously because I was, you know, what happened in my past and I wanted to make sure my family's here. But then now I'm more encouraged to continue because of the fact that my daughter was born with uh, two health issues and now I'm more flexible. And my wife didn't drive at first when I first met her. So I was trying to run a business, get out on time, take her to their appointments, do grocery shopping, do bids, do contracts, do everything, stress off the roof, bro. Like, boom, man, I couldn't handle it, dude. And so I will say this now that if it wasn't for my accountant, then yeah, I hate her. <laughs> oh, I hate her. But she has told me I'm able to, <laughs> to, to build what I need to build. You know, we have to build what we need to build. I'm like, she told me, what's your goal? You know, and my goal is, you know, we're going to get to the questions, right? You know, I'll tell you that, you know, once the whole, there'll be a question there. I'll tell you uh, what the goal is. Um, and so I told my goals and I told what I wanted to do and everything, what I, what I want. And she said, well, you know what? We need to fix your budget. And so, dude, it sucks, man. It sucks collecting all those big time checks sometimes. Because you're probably like many of us who started without knowing at all. And that's when you go to charge somebody, you know, five grand. Yeah. Thinking that this whole five grand is for your pocket. Yeah. You know what? The next job is going to give you another five grand. So it's like you're just living like how you would make, you work for a company. You said you made a thousand bucks a week at one point. So mm -hmm. you were living week to week. You were living from this check to get to that check. Now you're just doing the same thing, but in bigger increments. Yes. You know what I mean? So, so it's kind of tough. Lady. So it, yeah, lady. dude, I tough. I, yeah, I, I, you know who hired it? Who, who, who suggested it? Was my, that fan painting family. Mm. If it was not for that family, family, man, I, I honestly, dude, I wouldn't be in this position I am today, man. For real, dude. I'm internally grateful for that, man. And I think that I will 
tear off my shirt, my back, and whatever I can to make sure I'm there. I even told her, their, I told her kids, I'm like, bro, if you're ever drunk and you can't afford an Uber because you spent all your money at the booze, call me. I'm there. I got you. Whatever the case may be, man. I wanted to be for that family because, dude, if it wasn't for that family, I wouldn't be where I'm at. You know, and they suggest me that account that I hate her. But, you know, it's going to get me to where I think that I want to be at. You know, that budget thing, it's helping. It's, um, she said that it's like building like a, like a cushion for to start. Because I can't. Because when I first did for the first year, when I first hired my employee, dude, I will pay him. You know, when you get paid off the job, you kind of start saving up a little bit more money. You start building up a little bit of cushion to start paying up weekly after mm-hmm. weekly after weekly, yeah. you know. But I started realizing residentials, sometimes they're slow on paying. Sometimes checks bounce. Sometimes you're after clients. So I, I when, and then when me, bad with money, you know what I'm saying? Comes to like, hey, budgeting and stuff like that, buying tools, do buying sprays. I have three 395s, bro. What do I need? Three 395s. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then the, obviously, the two other sprays. And stuff. Like, I, I, I'm like, so, but then she, I, when I met her, man, and she's like, she started teaching me to, to realize, you know what? You need to sacrifice. Sacrifice is number one key to do. And I'm like, man, I'm good at that, baby. Let's go. And like, what do I need to do? And then she told me that. I'm like, wait, hold up. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get butthurt to somebody tell me this how much I need to get paid a week because I got out of some scenario to to be able to but my, my my main goal wasn't to make that money, man. My main goal was to keep my family here at home because that is my priority is to my wife to raise my kids, you know, and so far I've been successful, man. I'm happy for it. I'm blessed to you know, it's that you for know sure. for sure to to have that, you know. Yeah. Listen, without the, without that accountant it sounds like you're going down the path of you know having that first employee and you got to remember employees don't normally make the big money a lot of them you know are younger in the beginning especially um you know so they're making learning money learning wages and they might not know how to manage their money so mm-hmm. when you when you pay them you know four or five hundred dollars on that friday i'm using like way back in the day numbers but you pay them four or five hundred bucks on a friday it comes tuesday they're asking you for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you can't ask your boss for 20 bucks and he can't pull it out of his wallet, how are you going to be successful? You know what I'm saying? So without that accountant, it sounds like you were just going to go blowing out all the money. Not well, you got to think about it because in, uh, in my, my journey of my in the thing, after that, in you know, 2017, I had my buddy and I, I was blowing out my money like that, you know, with him and with buying tools and everything, trying to build something. And then, came 2018, I was built up so much stress and build up less work. And I'm like, what's the point of this? You know, I mean, I might as well go work for somebody. And I did that and then realized it wasn't good. So I ended up hiring um, a veteran painter and a helper. Um, I had him for a little over a year and a half, a little, like a little year and a couple months. And they started their own thing. Then I had another guy name E, well, Ephraim, and he wanted to start his own air duct cleaning company. And I will tell him, help me, let me, let me help, help me help you. So by man, that means it's like, he said he wanted to start this. I was like, well, how about this, man? I will help you invest into the equipment you needed for the air duct thing, you know, stuff like that. I'll introduce you to my clients and your business, but you help me grow because I need somebody to grow this. I can't grow this on my own. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, I can't do it. 
I can't try to knock out a job and try to do this on my own. I can't, you know, wherever I, the goal that I'm trying to set at, I need people with, you know, and I'm trying to, and the people that I have, I try to encourage that to them. But dude, I feel like my encouragement leads them to like actually go and do what they want to do. <laughs> and sometimes they just, you know, don't ever, you know, I, but this kid that I have now, man, blessings to this kid, man. Oh man, I love this kid to death. His name is Diego. He's still in school, but he's ready to rock, man. He's been learning, you know, everything. He's been, he's, dude, he's been picking up the pace, but I want him to pursue his career that he wants. And that's him to be an engineer and an electrician. But I told him, I'm going to help you. You have a job with me. When, as long as God helps me get work, you're, you're, you have a job with me whenever you want, my man. He has, you know, his mother abandoned him. His dad is an alcoholic. He, he's an only child. His grandmother, the only one that he's seen as a mother, you know, died a couple of years ago. And he had, does not have any type of social skill, this kid, man. But what I see in this kid, he has so much peace, bro. Like I told him, like, man, you've gone through so much, man. I, I'm, I love you, man. And like, you're like kind of my hero, bro, because you're, a, you're, you're, almost, you're. He's about to be 18. I'm like, you're almost 18 years old. I'm like, you should, you. Should, I'm like, in my position where I was at, in your position, I was on the street hanging out with my guys, kind of gang banging in the way, drinking, doing this. But dude, you've, you've managed to overcome a piece that I wish that I had at your age, man. Like, I don't know, man. And I love this kid to death. And he has been helping me a lot, not only at my job site, but when it comes to trying to form this calmness that I see in him, man. Like, dude, he's, he's awesome, man. And like I said, I told him the other day when he got back to work again with me to help me this and this project, I was like, dude, I'm very grateful and blessed that you're here with me. I'm like, if it wasn't for you, man, I wouldn't be in this position that I'm in today, man. I wouldn't be knocking out work the way I knock it out, man. You have to understand we're grateful for the people that are here helping us. If it's just not because of them, then I, I'm be gathering up so much stress. And sometimes that stress, even though we take it home, my man, and we don't talk to our wives about what's going on at work, my wife can come here and move the controller in a position or my kid could drop a drink and boom, I react in the way because I have stress build up so much inside of me. And then if I don't try to manage that stress in the way, man, my kids and my wife sometimes are the blame for, like are the ones to pay for it, you know, in a way because of my actions, you know, because I tell them, like, man, I'm just been stressful. I'm so sorry, honey. You know, I kind of over, you know, reacted in the way and I apologize, you know, in a way, but I hate it. You know, that's why I said, what's the point of starting a business if I'm going to be continuing stressful? You know, I need people. I need to hire people. You know what I'm saying? If I can't hire people, I'm not going to continue this. I'm done. You know, there's no point. I think I've been successful so far keeping my family here. I think whoever I go and work for can help me continue my my goal and that's to keep my family here because I'm you know I don't like to talk pride or nothing but I busted my butt man and I failed so many times on projects and and work and, and everything and learning products and everything to get to the position that I am today you know it's you know I've hired the painting family to help me how to tape I have pictures brother I didn't know how to tape I didn't know how to knock down popcorn I didn't know how to do all that I will hire them I will rent out the, the, the scaffolding and I would, I didn't know how to bid, man. I will bid my day. You know, sometimes I, I, I underbid it so many jobs, man. And they do it. It's, but I don't care. Cause you know why I come home and my wife's here and my kids are here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? That's so it. That, That's I feel it. like I've been successful no matter what, if I underbid a job and at the end of the day, I made 500 for my week that it took me, you know, that should have only lasted three days, you know, then so be it, man. You know, 
because my wife was at home and my kids are at home. <laughs> and that's, that's my success right here. So far, that's my success is them, you know, having them here and, uh, and having my wife knowing how to drive now. And she's helping me now, too. So that's laying off a lot of stress on me. She's learning how to speak English, too. So that's helping me a lot, too. You know, as I tell her, I'm trying to push her, man. I'm like, we need to push each other. We, we can't walk this earth by ourselves and trying to see if we can overcome, you know, what our goals by ourselves. We need somebody to help us, you know, mm -hmm. if it's our wives, our kids, an accountant, our workers, whatever, the, our, our customers, whatever the case may be, we need somebody to succeed. I'm sorry. No matter whoever says that they can't do it on their own, they can't. I'm sorry. They can't, you know, and I told my wife that and my wife was very private with it. She didn't want to buckle down at first in the beginning. Our marriage was very tough in the first, but I'm very grateful that we were able to pull through and she's been my rock man and she's been helping me through and we've been helping each other through try to push forward she's been realizing yes i need to buckle down and realize that i need to learn how to drive and do all that and i'm happy that she's doing that i'm proud of her man you know that's awesome that, that she's helping her and be like dude that's awesome now i get to you know not relax when i get home in a way now i don't have to go home and i mean go to the grocery shopping and do all that dude mm -hmm. so it's a learning it's a slow slow process but i love it man i love it for sure you know, Marco, I got one more question for you before a few viewer questions. Keep it simple. Keep it short. Your best advice. <laughs> I've never had to tell anybody that before. <laughs> no, dude. Bro, best advice, man. You know what? I told... I, besides trying not to take, look, this is what I, I try to live this my, my everyday life. I say this, if I have a situation, like say if I have a problem with you, Chris, right? You know, I'm not, I don't take you home to bed with me. You know, I don't try to think about my situation while I'm at home because home is home. So if anything, don't take anything to bed. If you have an issue or a problem, solve it. It's meant to be solved. You know, two plus two equals four, but there's many ways to get to four, you know? Mm -hmm. So like I said, you know, you just have to be honest while you confront your situations and there's going to be great results, you know? It's confidence is key and don't be afraid of rejection because that's one, one of the biggest things that society lives on is rejection, is they try to get those fancy cars or to those fancy clothes or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I love it. And I love my stuff and everything. But then and again, we're trying to impress somebody that we don't live with in a way, you know. And I'm not speaking with you or with anybody. I'm not throwing rocks at nobody. I'm just speaking in general. Like, and that's what we stress about a lot is try to, to please others when we're, when we're well, the only people that we should try to please is the people that's at home, man, you know. Because at the end of the day, dude, when you get old, who's going to be next to you? Your wife, dude. If she tolerates, tolerates us you know, with our, uh, our moods and everything, dude. Who's going to be at the end of the day dude, with us? Our kids, man. You know, you got to think about it. And then when we get old, if we're, if, if, I'm going to tell you this. If I didn't never forgave my father the way he was with me, I would, if I would have carried on with the resentment, Chris, and he would be on his deathbed, I probably wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Feel me? And then when he dies, I will feel like, shh, totally crap, man. So you feel me? So you have to realize resentment starts wars. That's, that's the key of wars. 
That's the keys of civil wars. That's the key of why there's divorces. That's the key of why kids are in the streets. Kids don't have food. Resentment. Don't live with resentment, my man. That is the bottom line. That is my best advice I can give with people, dude. I don't care if I came to my wife and I yelled at her and she came and just said a couple words and they offended me. She has learned to this day that she can say to me, I'm sorry. No matter what, if I cause 80% of the damage and she caused 20% of the damage, it's called about sanity within, it's in, in, within ourselves. So if, she's, if I go and apologize to her then, and she doesn't apologize to me, because I'm expecting it to, then it's going to affect me in a way, you know what I'm saying? You go and apologize not expecting nothing, man. Bottom line, don't do it. You, when you go there, you apologize for your own sanity and try to build a better relationship with the person that you're, you're trying to, you're trying to um, uh, recuperate your, your fault with. You know, if, there's a, if, is this, if you're able to recuperate your fault with it, then it's a blessing. If you ain't, then you live, you learn, and you live to move on. You know, you're learning to live to move on from that experience. But if you, you don't forgive, you know, you and you hold on to that resentment, man. Forget about it, brother. You know, you're not gonna succeed. You're not gonna succeed in your business. You're not gonna succeed in life, dude. You're gonna end up living by yourself. You know, you know, dying at a homeless shelter. You know, bottom line, dude. And I don't want to be that. You know, I don't want to be that kid to my dad. No matter how much pain he had cost me, you know, at the end of the day, he has made mistakes and he tried to do his best to guide me. Yes, he didn't teach me much. You know, my mom was the type of person that would be like, go outside and learn how to change the tire so you don't have to do it yourself and, and I'll be there learning. And my dad would be like, go get the socket wrench and I didn't know which one. And then boom, on the side of the head, you know. But dude, those were lessons that he was taught that I didn't know at the time. But dude, if we learn not to 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 live with that same chain that we we kind of carry, like you, Chris, if you get carried on the same chain and you live down with the same tradition, you're going to expect the same result that you had with your kids in a way, you know, how you were growing up. Now you, you may be able to overcome and overachieve them like you, you know, and us, but some kids may can't, you know? So it's just up to us to not live with resentment and forgive and forget and try to push forward, dude, you know? Right That's on. It. Okay, we are jumping into viewer questions. Thanks for that advice. But for the first time in the Brush Off Show history, I need you to tell the people some jokes because I drank a lot of water and I need to use the washroom. So give me, I'll be right back. <laughs> Jokes. Once upon a time, okay. Once upon a time, there was a chick named Blue, and he fell and then got stuck. The end. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> jokes. I don't know any jokes, man. You got to look at me. I'm funny. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing good. Staying healthy. Staying blessed. Mm, man, Christian never. You know what Chris needs to do is probably stop wearing. Oh, What's up, Marla? So, 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 guys, start wearing those one, uh, those uh, adult uh, diapers when he starts on the show. Because if he starts drinking too much water, why should he get up? You just sit there and just enjoy the pee, baby. <laughs> just sit there and just <laughs> start getting used to it. when you get old. You're gonna have to, man. Sometimes, <laughs> you know. I appreciate you guys being here, man. Anything? I just want to say this. Uh, thank you for you guys for being here. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking, investing your time to listen, to stay here and listen you know, to what I have to say, you know, it's a blessing to have people like that, you know, and, you know, it's, I hope you guys learn, you know, a thing or two, and I want to learn more, more from you guys than anything, you know, because without you, I can't, we can't walk this earth, but we can't judge each other neither, you know, 
We can. What the hell is going on here? Are you giving like a? a I'm giving more advice, man. I, 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 I gave more, more advice. advice I, I can't. I, I, I can't asked you to tell knock knock jokes. Oh, I told my. Give some Grammy speeches. Sorry, Marco, that's my first time I ever had to do that. But you know what? Your answers are so elaborate. I thought if I ask you one more, I'm going to piss myself. So I had to go. Well, I had to <laughs> All right. You know what? Let's get into these viewer questions. We're heading out to Australia first. Mickey the Painter, he wants to know, what do you like most about our community here on IG? And do you have any favorite painters? Uh, what I like about my, this community, well, when I joined this community in last May, um, I didn't expect what to what to what to what I walked into, but I love the fact that you're able to gather uh, value information to be able to grow in your own person and in your own business. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I mentioned before, Chris, you know, doesn't matter if I have ten years. If I have ten years in new construction production homes, I don't know how to tackle on a kitchen, a kitchen, a refinishing kitchen. I don't know how to tackle on anything else. So to be able to walk into a place like a community like Instagram, to be able to have like Danny that shows um, how he sprays his boxes, how he sprays his built house, to have uh, the right painter or, or Dennis or the young town like, or uptown. I love, I love watching the refinishing because I love cabinet refinishing. To have them, how they do layout products and different products, dude, it's awesome. It's awesome to see people out there to, to, to share, their, their, share their work. And favorite painter... Bro, you know what? You mentioned I'm, I'm, a few names already. You already yeah, mentioned a few names. That's good. I have, have I, I have one one that I do to appreciate a lot, and the only reason why is because maybe because what we've been through or whatever the case may be or whatever, but we haven't really talk much really having video chat or nothing but the times that we've talked has been just awesome conversations and i looked up to that kid a lot and that's uh henry from Payne, oklahoma i looked to that kid a lot because his drive bro forget about it homie you know you don't get that allowed in the trailer sometimes no more you know um you know, he, from his accident to what he's going through, yeah, you know, not having whatever the case may be, you know, what happened to him happened, but it's a learned, life lesson learned, and I see the motivation that he's going through. And then what I heard from his story, man, it's just kind of, I related it to him a lot, man, because this is, dude, to be able to provide quality work, you need passion and heart, man, and strive. And I don't care if you have 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, or 40 years, you can have 40 years and hate your job, man, because you've been mm -hmm. doing it for so many times, you know? If you have heart and dedication and passion, you, you, know, you know what you can create with that? Forget about it, man. And that's what I've seen in him, you know? And I think he's going to go a long way, you know, this year and, and above because of what he's receiving from the paint community, I think. Um, so I looked up to him in a way because it's just sharing from each other's vibes from what we're going through in a way, you know? we kind of like relate to each other in a way. And I'm like, dude, sometimes it's like, I'm normal, man. I'm human, man. I, I, I have my bad days, Chris. I have my bad days that I look down and I'm like, damn, man. And I have a sign that a, a customer made me saying, believe in yourself, anything is possible. She made me cookies. And then I have that in my van. And it, 
attacked them to the ceiling because you, you attacked their cookies to the ceiling. No, I ate some cookies real quick. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Right at the job, I took my ten minute break. And doo, doo, doo. <laughs> but I took that sign, man, and I just tagged it to the ceiling and took that as motivation. So I, when I see him and I see him, and I was like, man, that's just just straight passion, bro. It's just straight passion, you know. So right on. Well said. Well said. Henry's a good dude. Um, that's it, let's man. go down to Texas, Johnny, the happy painter. What type of vehicle do you prefer and why? Because I know you sent me. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm not even sure what you're driving. I'm just going to guess by your steering wheel that it looks like a, like a. Like no, a, dude, I, I have a, a right now. What's going on is I have a van issue. So I talked to my accountant and everything. And then so we're going to invest into a into a vehicle this year. But. Well, I'm more of like ride it to the wheels fall off, baby. But I have a, I had an Astro van. But when I first started, I had a Forge Ranger. Um, you asked me my question. What do I prefer? What do you prefer? Prefer? Uh, yeah, truck, baby. Let's go all day. Why? Because I live in a in a city that one day could be snowing four inches, six inches, and one day it could be sunny, man. So you want you want uh, <laughs> like a like a pickup? Like a Heck four yeah, pick up four by four, baby, all day. <laughs> you, got, you, got a, you got a garage to pull up to and put all your tools in? Oh, oh man, dude, don't even trip. But you gotta, you gotta see the bigger picture here, Marco. <laughs> no, man, no, you saying you saying prefer though? No, not what I need is a van. <laughs> I need to, I need to, uh, I, I need to re. You see, you know, I what I need is a, is a, is a van. Yes, <laughs> what you need is a van. I, I have a van, and my next purchase will be a van. You know, because of the capable, the capacity that I can, the stuff that I need and I need to carry is, it's you can fit everything in the van. Um, I, when I had the truck, even I had a camper, I kind of cramped everything up. And to, to get to one thing, I had to take mm -hmm. twenty things out just to get to the one thing. No matter if I had doors on the side, I'm over here digging. So you think about it, that time is money, baby. So I'm over here wasting ten minutes, twenty minutes looking for things. You know what I'm saying? If I have my van more wide open, I can go in there kind of browse through what I need to browse through. So I pick a van all day. All right. Let's go to uh, Marie, Dragonfly Decorators, out there in England. I think she's in the Northeast. Can't remember the city, but what's your, your uh, top tip or trick? For painting? Yeah. Okay. For painting... Um, my best tip that I can see that I've noticed a lot of, um, uh, painters, um, on here that, um, put their letters on hardwood floors, no matter if they have their gums on the bottom. Um, obviously why, because of, you can't put a, a ladder on top of, of a drop or something you can slip, or you can put it on top of paper because you might slip or whatever the case may be. You know, you may have those pivot wedges you could put on and you may have somebody to hold it. But, you know, I work by myself. So sometimes you got to go up those foyers, to, you know, 25, 28-foot foyers by yourself. So I figured out a trick. Um, I respect my client's foot. Uh, foot. The <laughs> floor. <laughs> it's a floor, you know. So um, I bought slip-resistant mats. That you go outside, big slip resistant mats, and I cut them into sections. I will post them up, and literally, I weigh about 220. Back then, when I first did that, I was weighing about 260. So 
Um, I was scared, man. So those slip-resistant mats, you could put them on top of the foot floor. Because you got to think about it, man. Those teeth on the ladder sometimes bend during travel. You know, even though you don't notice that because you're always on the go. So to prevent any scratches on your floor, you put your slip-resistant mat and you put your ladder, no matter if it's outside, inside, or whatever, because you think about it. It's so you won't slip. No matter if it's wet, you won't slip, you know. And I put that ladder on top of it, and then I just go up and go and sometimes pray. <laughs> but so far, it's worked so for me. Um, the slip-resistant mat on top of a ladder, if you're going to go up there by yourself, um, that's a good way to protect people's floors, and that's a good way to pre prevent the ladder to kind of slip on you if you're iffy about the ladder slipping on you. Mm -hmm. See, I was always – now, back in – the day i don't recall seeing any of these slip resistant tarps majority of them were cloth and if they were out there i didn't see them so i remember one of my first uh side jobs i was still working for a company i had this massive house like 6500 square foot house and the living room was one of those double story living rooms and the master bedroom had a balcony looking into the living room so this is like 20 feet 20 odd feet up and i had nobody just myself. And I brought my 24-foot ladder, and these are hardwood floors. were slippery as F. And I was like, how? What am I going to do? Ask my client to come and hold the ladder for me? And, you know, I still wasn't even really that great on a ladder. You know, when you, you know, back in the day when you climbed the ladder and you're hearing the rungs, like, rattle, you mm -hmm. know, when, they, when you got it extended, and it just, yeah. you hear the things just go... But you, you don't feel like you're shaking, but you're shaking so much that you hear these things going. So um, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to do this? I can't put a tarp down and go climb up that ladder because it's just going to. So what I found was I stopped over by the Home Depot and they sell uh, strips. You put them on steps. You put them on the back of your boat. It's like adhesive on the one side. It's the black sandpaper type shit on the top. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I basically bought them in long strips and I would just pull back six inches and leave the whole strip there and I'll stick it to the floor and I would stick the next piece there and I would, I, I had big strips. So I was able to move them, move them, move them, move them and just basically reuse them. And that thing, the rubber bottom of the ladder would not move, you know? So that's how I worked solo on those higher interior jobs. I hated exterior. Even back then I hated it. So yeah. majority of my stuff was interior. So that's what I used. And even to this day, give me one of those non-slip tarps. I'm still not going to trust that. No. Not, 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 you know, I, I just... Go I, up there with a prayer. Sky's the limit, Chris. Well, that's, the thing. Well, that's the thing. So so that's what I found. And to this day, if I had this, not often I'm going to go up a ladder when there's nobody there. But if it had to be, I'm stopping. To, I don't have any more. But I'm stopping to buy more of those... Uh, those strips i think paint school probably has them on the back of his yacht you know that yacht that he's always out there sailing with off the uh, pacific ocean <laughs> oh really but yeah that's no, the same strips man you put them on your steps outside you put them on your oh i know what and, you're talking about yeah you know? yeah they're, they're, they're about like sticker. an inch and a half inch and a half wide yeah and they're coming long strips or rolls they were really good they were really really good for uh, hardwood floors if you were alone all right if you could team up with any other painter on IG for a job, who would it be? Harry Paints, baby. Out in Australia. I don't know if you know him. Who, sorry? 
Oh come on. No, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. <clears throat> um, what's his name? You just said his name, and now you're complaining <laughs> that I didn't get it. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, he's up in Australia. Um, I think his his Instagram name is Perry Paints. Perry Paints. Something like something like that. Okay. I'm I'm very short on memory when it comes to names, man. I suck at them. I can tell. You told me oh, thirty yeah, seconds, and then thirty seconds later, you forgot. So why is it? Why do you want to? Why would you want to do a project with him? Because he's in a, he's also an independent uh, solo painter, and I like to team up with people that uh, are very strifeful. Um, because you gotta think about it. If I go and team up with, um, say for instance somebody that's very knowledgeable and kind of more is more of a run runny type of guy then at the end of the day nothing really is going to get done because you think about it I've already experienced one of them and I've it was more of I prep you spray so instead of that I rather pick somebody that we're both going to get done and dirty baby and we're both going to get the job done to the finish line and then with my wrist gets tired on spraying, you're going to, you know what I'm saying? You're going to spray something like that type of way. Like, I, I love those type of people that kind of, like, are strifeful or are going to push each other, man. Are not not going to be, like, whining about, oh, man, I want to sand this or sand that. You know? It's, I just, I couldn't, man. I work with with worker, with uh, with groups that, dude, if it, I'm going to tell you this right now. I bad respects to Mickey the painter. I think he can roll. I think he probably can outroll a lot of us. Like just let's go at it on the wall, you know, type of thing. Because I've seen him. He's whoa. But I would love, I would love to go at it with him as well when it comes to rolling, you know. Because I did that. I did it all my time and uh when I first started painting, I tended walls, man. Every work, every uh, work, uh, group that the, my boss will send me to learn from, he will have me sand walls, sand walls, sand walls, sand walls. I'm like, I got pissed one day. I'm like, bro, why you always got me sanding walls, man? I'm tired of sanding walls, man. Every day I come here, new project comes, sand walls, sand walls, sand walls. I'm tired of this, you know? Dude, I did that for like six months straight, man. Just sanding walls, no caulking. No, no, no patching, no nothing, man. I got tired of it, dude. But then when he when I got to him, to his, not to his face, and I told him about it, and I was very up and disturbed that he didn't want to teach me anything else. He said, okay, then you start rolling, we cut, you roll. I'm like, all right. And I was on there. <laughs> I was on him. And I didn't know how or, or well, how was it possible. I was like, wait, how the, you know, this is the first time you're rolling. With an eighteen-inch roller, because that's what we used, and I don't know how is it possible. How am I all up on them? You know, he said your goal is to be honest, so we can pressure you. Can pressure us to for us to continue cutting faster. So that's your goal. So I'm over here. Now I'm behind him. He one's on the bottom and one's on top. So you got two cutters and one roller, and dude, I just love to roll. <laughs> You know, and I seen Mickey the painter, man. He's a machine, dude. That dude can. I don't know if he's short, but I seen. He's short. 
He's he like, uh, yeah, he's. Oh, then like that's the reason why, man. Do you remember the Smurfs? Or are you too young for that? No, I know the Smurfs. My son loves. You, well, Smurfs. you know that you know the 3D like looking Smurfs. You don't know those uh, flat looking Smurfs, the real Smurfs from back in the no. 80s. No, I, I know the real Smurfs. That, I think they they say the Smurfs are three apples tall. That's how that's how tall a Smurf is. Well, I think Mickey is about five. Five apples tall. What? Yeah. Oh, Dobby saying that to me. No, I, I, I can't remember how short he is. I think he's like five five or something, something like that. He's a, he's a pretty short dude. You know that's but, a you know, that's you, a big advantage though. That's a big advantage because uh, one of my foremans when I first started painting, he told me this: the biggest advantage that we have as short pe as short people is that we can roll a whole ceiling, a big ceiling, from the middle and go back forth forward without having to bend our knees having to crouch down and stuff like that. And you, on the other hand, you six-foot dude have to crush your knees down and bend your back kind of in a way. He also taught me a way that if I shouldn't bend my back down, it should always be straight, you know, shoulder movement and everything. Dude, like he said, if you walk back, if you walk out your job and your back hurts after rolling, you did something wrong, you know? So I made sure that my back didn't hurt. I made sure my, my posture was correctly. I was over here... Rolling like this, man. You know, but I didn't know how to roll. But then mm -hmm. at first, he's trying to critique my 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 posture and my way I was rolling. And now it's more of steady posture and more just kind of moving your your upper you know shoulders and your arms. You know, and he just told me to do that, dude. And I love to roll. And then if I had to choose another person, it would be Mickey the Painter because I would love to 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 go back back to back with him on rolling. <laughs> I love to yeah. roll. I'm a roller guy, you know. I would love so to you roll. So you want to have a, a rolling competition with Mickey? Oh, what's up, man? We'll time it off. You know what I want to have a competition <laughs> with Mickey on? What's you up? say you're a roller. I, I pride myself on cutting. I am a cutter by blood. Forget the popcorn removal. Forget all What's up, man? You missed the popcorn king. <laughs> yeah, but it's, if there's one thing I love, dude, it's just cutting those straight lines, man. And you know what? I don't think I'm the best at it, but I will run with them. I will run with them. I'm on lockdown, dude. Tomorrow I'm going to go to Sherwin-Williams. I'm going to pick up all their mitts paints at the curbside pickup because we can't go in the store. And I'm just going to come home and, you know that room that I painted twice the other day at home because I was bored and, you know, said I didn't like the color. I like the color, but I, I just needed something else to do. So I painted that room again. Tomorrow I'm going to go to the Sherwin. I'm going to pick all their effing mitts paints, and I'm just going to recut the room. I'll make a video of that. Just cut it. Whatever colors they give me. Yellow, blue, green. And then I'll go back to the same color I started with and no one's going to know the difference. What's up, I Chris? love I'll cutting. do it. I love, I love, What's I love up, cutting. Chris? And you know, what, you know what? I'm I done. I love it. <laughs> what I learned is that no matter how good the cut is, it's not even, I'm not even getting paid to say this. No matter how good the cut is, if you use a monarch, it will always be better. No, you can't do it. You I'm know, telling you. I, I will have. You. I will prove it. Please, Marco, don't. I, I, we, we, skip, we skip that question, but I hope you're not gonna tell me you're a pretty guy. No, okay. I even know. Oh well, I look. I started off my first brush that they tossed at me when I first worked. That everybody recommended me. Obviously, it was pretty, right? They all used the uh, like the I don't know what they were called with the blue hairs, three inch blocks with the blue hairs, um, but. My foreman tossed me a scotter, well, one of those black nylon purdy brushes, and I fell in love with it. 
Um, that thing holds pain like nothing. It can cut. I hate it at first because you have to kind of adjust it. So once you adjust it, it was good. But um, other than that, man, I my favorite brush, brush to this day right now, and I do have uh, an old field and a monarch, and I have not yet to try. Uh, but right now, to this day, my favorite brush is the Linden Corona. Um, that is my favorite brush. It's in between a sperm and a soft bristle, and it holds a tremendous pain, I think, and it cuts very, very nice. Um, I think, for me, that's my favorite brush. The thing is this, man. Anybody can cut a brush. I mean, anybody can cut. It's all about the guy that's cutting, I think. Yes, a brush can do, you know, it does percentage of the work. But you got to think about it, man. I look into the, the, the longevity because they compare the Monarchs to the Blazes or whatever. They say that the Blazes kind of compare to the Monarchs. And I have Blazes. And, bro, I, I'm going to tell you something, okay? Because I'm going to say without even using a Blaze, there's no comparison. All right, I'm going to tell what you this you, right what now. Are, what are we comparing? That they both have a wooden handle? No, I'm going to tell you this what right now. What people don't see this, what people don't see is that how do they clean? You know, even using Pretty Boy, how do they clean? What's the stiffness of it during how many times you use them? Because Blazes, man, are horrible during you use them like 10 times, man. They start getting like very, I don't know, man. It's just, I wish I had a brush right here so I could show you guys. And then you get... um. Like another soft brush, like, like the I like to use a lot of Coronas, like the the pink uh, nylon ones, and and you clean them, and during time you start feeling the hairs just kind of open. So I look into shit, stuff like that, man. I don't look up the cut. The cut's you, man. You're gonna cut. You're the you're you're steady. Oh, hands. 100%. You're nerd. I agree. All day, 100%. baby. All the brush day. Makes the cutting all that much easier. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you're going to go grab this brush and with no experience, you're going to cut straight lines. The brush is definitely going to help you achieve those straighter lines. But so far, Monarch is my has my heart. I'm going to right try it. Um, I don't know which one you have, but I have uh, four or five different ones. I have two that I think are just amazing, and the other ones are great. But two Let are. Let me amazing. tell you this. Let me tell you a thing that uh, one of my foremans told me when I first started painting. Like I said, I got torture and throw it in so many words. He was like, "We were doing exteriors, bro, because we were, we were trying to work in January, end of January, February, which over here in Chicago, it's it's, it's sometimes it could get to like." 20 degrees, 25 degrees. <laughs> and we were painting outside exteriors, like doing touch-ups with like A100 and stuff like that. And this guy decided to say, if you're a painter, you can paint anything with a brush, <laughs> you know, with any type of brush, you know? So I kind of took that into consideration and said, you know, I don't can, don't care much what about Corona the brush. What Corona said? I could use the Corona Linden. Um, That's it's a black... Said. It's a black nylon brush. Not this one. This that is, one? Uh, a Corbin. Oh, I love those. You know I, used to do use, this? I, used, I used to use those. You know what I'm going to do with this? What's up, bro? Nothing. I'm going to hang it on my wall because hey, my, buddy down there, my buddy down there in Georgia used it once and then decided that he's going to send it to me. So I know how he cleans his brushes. And you see that little bit of paint right there? 
If that was a Grundy brush, that wouldn't have been on there. You see this? Look, <laughs> look over here, too. Look at, look at this. Okay, now here. I'll show you this. You want to know how they wash? This is the one. Is it? Yes. Mm, maybe not. Look at that. Look at that, buddy. Look at this. You see it? Beautiful. That's a beautiful it's brush. Beautiful. No, the thing is, like, I've noticed that, like, even with Picassos, I used, used I heard you being a fan of Picassos, and you know yeah. that during time when you clean them, have you used the worst Wooster silver tips? Wooster silver tips are good at cutting. No, but, no, 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 stop, no. Stop, 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 wait, wait, go, 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 go ahead. Finish, Hold on, finish. but they're horrible at cleaning sometimes, dude. During times, the majority of times you start cleaning, I'll cleaning tell no you something. You, I, now I have to stop you because I have to stop you because oh my they're God. more than horrible at just cleaning. You know, if I had that silver tip, what I would do? I think that went through the wall. The the brush tosser. You know, I've seen a couple really good painters here that have said that the silver tips are the bomb. And it's like, I wouldn't wipe my ass with that thing. They do cut really nice if you haven't tried them. But I wouldn't invest my money in them. I, I I I bought two. I bought two back in probably September. Very disappointed. Very, very, fuck. Dude, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> look at Chris's face. <laughs> He's so excited. I, I don't even have, I don't even have another brush to show you what I'm talking about. Uh, the Wooster silver tip is like this, dude. Look at, this is what you get with the Wooster silver tip. This right here. Uh, that's what you get. You get nothing. You get this much. It's a bullshit brush. It's a bullshit brush. And you know what? I'm sorry that I you got me so amped up right now, but I'm no, man. about that. I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay, hold on. When's it, you, how long have you been using this brush for? Which one? That one that you said, the Monarch. Since I got my first Australian friend about a year and a half oh, ago. Okay, and you've been using it nonstop no, all the time? This, in, no, in, this, one, this one was a special one. This is the okay. Jesus brush, I think. <laughs> the Jesus. They call, right. Why so did they call one, him the this, Jesus brush? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This the one, Jesus hair. Honestly, this, this one was never used. This one was never used. I do have the other one, but I'm not going to go that way to, to pull it out. It does have a little bit of the dark blue up on the handle from mm -hmm. yesterday because okay. I wasn't working super clean with my hands. Because I was at home. Um, this Monarch brush is badass, but this is a three inch. I don't uh, find, find it as good as the two inch. Okay. The two, two inch seems like a lot nicer. This has a, I like this handle. I bro, like that handle. Wait, hold up. Hold you up. See this? You see this? Chris. You see this here for your fingers? Chris, Chris, hold on. I'm going to have to stop you, Chris. I know it's your show, but bro, did you just say two inch? Two inch? Two. Bro, yeah. my wife will use a two inch. No offense, bro. That's no, like touch-ups. What I'm saying is it doesn't size doesn't matter, right? For <laughs> face <laughs> No, but the, the, I'm just saying for control. Like this one here, it says yeah. control and precision. Right? It's totally true. Especially in that two-inch brush. The three-inch, yes, I can still control it and I'll still keep that clean precision. But I definitely found in this in particular model was better in a two inch than a three inch right this one i only have a three inch i have two of them i only have a three inch in this but this one as good as it was in the two it's not as good in the three really? i don't know why but it's true the one i got which i haven't tried i'm anxious to try my next job is uh the monarch advance 
Yeah, this is this is an event. There's lots Wait. of events. Oh, this never event, mind. The other it's one it's, it's very it's event. very it has very purple bristles. Like Look I don't know. Me. This is purple bristles. Oh shit, bro! I thought it was like burgundy, bro. My bad. I showed you this four times. <laughs> 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 All right, bro. Okay, on so, to the next question. <laughs> All right, on to the next question. You are correct. <laughs> all right, uh, where do we gonna where do we gonna go? But we are gonna have to have a painters Olympics. All right, we're gonna have to live time somebody with Chris cutting on top and bottom on a wall. Oh, what's I up, baby? Tomorrow. What's up, baby? Tomorrow. Hey, what's up? You gotta have to start tagging people. Gotta get this into this. Come, this. Let's I, go. This is this this is where I'm going. You wanna know why this is where I'm going? You wanna know what I did? You want me to con make the confession to do what I did here? So originally five years ago, I finished this basement with one of my guys from that worked for me. It was unfinished basement since 1902 when my family dug this shit out. Or 1932, I think they dug the basement. It's been raw ever since. So when we moved in, I needed to get a bigger area. I needed, you know, my living room is like a fucking shoebox. I need to take off the roof. Our family is growing. We need more space. So I said, you know, we're going to finish the basement. We'll use this basement. It's a huge area. We'll use it as a massive living room. Start making all these babies. They need somewhere to play. So I shot paint on this shit five yes, years ago damn. right so i repainted it last year and i got just beyond my sign which is just off camera and i realized that i was using the wrong paint i was using i don't even know where the eggshell came from in that color because i didn't have eggshell i used matte not flat, I used matte down here. Somehow I had a gallon of eggshell. It might have came from another job, but it was the same color. So I start to go and I'm cleaning it up. I don't want to do the whole wall. I just wanted to do here. So this was all clean. The kids had some fingerprints and shit. So this eggshell stops just beyond this sign. So this whole shit needs to be painted. Tomorrow I'm going to do it. I'm going to cut four colors down the whole strip. And I'll no, you, <clears throat> you have to cut four colors. You have to have like three tones, different tones. You know you got to cut black, baby. Some type of dark do it color. I'll go on live. I'll let you know <laughs> do it. I'm gonna try to get what's tomorrow Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to get it tomorrow. The only the only thing that might stop me is if I'm heading downtown to uh, pick up my 55 million from the Lotto Max that I may have already won because it's already been drawn. So if any of the Australians are on here now, let me know if I've already won. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're gonna head out to uh, to Scotland. CMC decorators. How much has the game changed since you've been in it? Not much. I don't think I've been in the game much to say that it's been changing a lot. But I, during my career, I've heard stories of veterans that will share with me with products and procedures and stuff that they say that we've been babying and that we're being babied because uh, back in the day, you know, it was old school all day, you know? So, you know, brush and roll type of thing. And uh, I don't know, it was just... I don't think it's changed for me. Um, I first year, you know, I got into the sprayers, you know, doing with a gas sprayer, trying to learn how to control my pressure and not leave any sags. Oh, dude, I always used to get yelled at by my guys, the foremans all the time because they gotta fix my 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 drips and stuff, you know. So I'm over here trying to learn how to learn how to spray with a gas sprayer, dude. Out, you know, hydraulic pump gas sprayer outside. So I'm over here spraying. And everything like that. So I don't think the game has changed for me since I've been in it. I think I'm right on the money when it comes to evolving. I'm going to evolve with it. And depends on how long I go with it, I'm going to think I'm going to become a good 
good and great painter because it's a passion of mine. You know what I mean? I, oh, I'm hungry to learn. I'm hungry to just, dude, there's so many ways to get to the finish line, dude. <laughs> so many ways, man. Too right. many ways. Trick question for you, Mr. Guy that likes to veer off path. What was that original question that I asked you? That. <laughs> <laughs> Next. All right. Profile wants to know. What are... <laughs> you kill me, dude. What are some of the challenges that you face when trying to make time for both family and work? The challenges that I face is de deadlines, man. Um, I get stressed a lot when I don't meet a deadline because of the fact that I try to do honest work. Um, because when I go there with my, when I go and do an estimate, I try to cover myself. Um, I hear you all the time when it comes to like, um, we'll get into it. I'm going to answer it. Uh, fuck, man. I'm good at answering questions already that I should. You know what? I'll tell you something. We're not going to get through all of them. We're still on the first <laughs> effing page. So if you feel like you're going to eat any future questions, do it now because I don't think we have more than 30 minutes. Come down. <laughs> no. Um, so what was the question again? <laughs> uh, do you not watch the show? You know that I can't remember? No, I'm kidding. It was Protal's question. Do you remember Protal's question? What are some of the challenges that you face when trying to make time for oh, yeah, deadline. family and work? Yeah, deadlines, I think, is the thing for me because I'm, I'm a one-man show. Um, when I get the help I get, um, I can try to achieve my goals. I'm a goal setter when it comes to trying to go into work. Um, unfortunately, I'm trying to work on, since I'm on a salary base, um, I try to work on, on meeting goals. Um, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to accomplish that I feel that I can put my good position on, on to the next day. But when I don't, I do get stressed. And like I said, it has it has to do a lot with not having the help. You know, you know, you have to have the correct help as well. You know, you can't have somebody that's not there to, that doesn't want to work. You know, that's not there to do honest work because at the end of the day, your word mean your word means everything, Chris. So when you speak to the client, you're the first person to speak to your client. Now you're now your employees. Mm -hmm. So me as a the first person to speak to the client, I gotta make sure that whatever says in my mouth, I make sure it's covered in my work. You know. So that being said, that the, the biggest issue that I've had has been deadlines, trying to meet my deadlines, you know, because of the OT that I have to put in and a little bit of time that I consume with my family. But other than that, you know, I do try my best to be with them. Right on. All right. Scott down there in Georgia, AAA, wants to know what brand of paint you use and why. <clears throat> Um, uh, what paint that I use right now? I'm using what the clients like to, what the clients' budget is, because when I walk into my job, I like to go into my job and and depending on their budgets and stuff like that, I offer three type of products: a high end class of paint, middle class of paint, and a low end class of paint. So it depends on their budget. You're gonna get what paint of product you're gonna get. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not going to, if you want washable, scrubbable paint, I'm sorry. You're going to have to pay for it. You know, bottom line, that's the way it is. You know, um, that's how much money is. So I can't say perfectly. I prefer right now what I'm using that I love to use that I think really covers very well. And I think it's superior to Aura is Regal Select. I think 
and then I use sometimes um I like sometimes I even use I go from Regal Select and then I go Sand and Purple and then I go Ultra Spec 500. Those are my key selections that I do for clients. But sometimes they put in Sherwin Williams. Like when I told you I was painting cashmere, that dark wall, man, I boxed two gallons, man, and I cut one. I mixed it. I cut once and then I roll. And then my cut was a different color than my roll, you know? And I'm like, so I'm like, you know what? There's a reason why I try to avoid sometimes Sherwin Williams. It was a dark color? It was a dark color? Yes, it was a dark color. So there's a, there's a trick to deal with those dark colors. Hey, man, I'm willing to learn. I'm over open ears, man. Mm-hmm. Criticism is only going to make me what better. What kind of, so aside from picture framing, cutting and rolling not being the identical colors, did you have any other issues with the rolling? Uh, you know how majority of the time we're going to kind of roll down towards this way? Mm-hmm. Where you have, so you're kind of, your ply is going like this and you're slowly going over. So your roller, is, your ply is coming down and then it's going up. And then it's coming down, and you're slowly moving to the corner of the wall. Did you see any of those lines going across? Um, I don't roll like that, Chris. Um, I was taught to roll when I roll. When I was first taught to roll with a nine-inch roller, I had very bad issues at rolling with a nine-inch roller because I couldn't keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. So when the guy that was teaching me how to roll with a nine-inch roller always told me to like, kind of like a spray pattern, fifty-fifty, boom, 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 boom. So I never really. So when I start my roller with a nine-inch. What I do is I roll it up with paint, I hit the middle, and that excessive paint, instead of going up, you know, you might spatter the seam. I go down, and then I go up and spread it up, and then I go 50-50 and start going 50-50 that way. So I kind of see my per- not perfection. But are you, so your roller is going up the wall and down the wall. So you're getting those two different consistencies, right? Yes. Okay. So Mark Marlo, first of all, the woven... You can use in all the Sherwin paints, but the emerald. Um, the emerald you got to use, which is so weird because that's their top line paint. You got to use that cheapest roller or the pretty dove or whatever the hell it is. So with the with those darker colors, um, the way that I find, and it's the same thing. I don't know if you saw my little video that I put up earlier. It was a quick time-lapse video of it, but you'll see if I'm coming down like this. I got to the corner and then I came back straight down top to bottom my rollers coming up and I'm in the top right back at my nine inch and I'm coming down perfectly straight down I'm not going up and down up and down because from my experience and this is from my knowledge just from what I figured out on my own is that if you use those dark colors and you kind of bop 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 you're gonna get that sheen especially if you're telling me that you're getting your cutting and your thing so try you know and, and I hate that I hate it I hate it because as painters we should be able to take a gallon of or a pail of paint and cut the whole house. If you're working solo, there's no reason why you can't cut four bedrooms and then go back to roll it. Mm-hmm. Some paints you have to keep that wet. It just, it's, it just you sucks. You have to keep that wet. Yeah, it's, and uh, you know it's hard because if you got a twenty foot wall and you're a one man show and these fucking paints are drying in fifteen minutes nowadays, it's hard to keep the wet edge. You know. Mm-hmm. So also with those dark ones, try, try to roll, roll them tight sideways at the end too. Right. But the consistency of the rolling, keeping that pattern in one direction and even. If you even veer off a little bit, you're going to see that. Yeah, exactly. And emerald is very bad for that, by the way. Well, I, I'm very bad for that. I'm, like I said, I rarely use Sherwin Williams. I, when I first started my company, I started off with uh, PPG. Mm-hmm. 
and I was mainly using metal hall on walls and trim. And then I will use their lacquer for cabinets. Um, I love lacquer. Um, I can use it all day, every day, man. I, you know, I love that. But then, you know, I never, I will always tell my clients, I even one client that we had uh, to uh, book them on the weekend, a hotel because of the smell. Because I didn't know about these uh, extractors. That's what I say I love about the paint community, man. You learn a lot of things, man. You know, shout out to everybody that shows their, pro their process. If it wasn't for top line in their ED65s, man, I wouldn't have a consistency of a spray that I have now with my trim or with my, my cabinets or whatever the case may be, man. Like I said, the paint family kind of helps each other in a way to show each other's process. So I see that, um, you know. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right, let's head out to the beardless man, Nathan from Nice Decor. Oh, my boy, Nathan. <laughs> my boy. Um, we're going to get that posted up. He has selected his charity, his mental health charity for shaving off his beard. I believe it was called Mind Matters. Mind, Mind Matters. He said it's one of the bigger mental health charities out that way. So we're going to start finalizing all of that, figure out how that money is going to get transferred all over to them and stuff like that. And like I said, we'll be fully transparent. I'm sure people realize we're not out to take their money, but we are going to put a post up showing what came in and every penny that went back out. So uh, Nathan wants to know, if you could have had any other job other than painting, what do you think you would have been and why? Um. It's crazy, man, because I always wanted to be an architect. Um, I took AutoCAD classes and stuff like that. I have actually designed my mother's house that she is trying to build in Mexico. Um, I did a blueprint and everything out. I was very passionate on trying to build homes or whatever the case may be, but we couldn't afford school, um, stuff like that. So I never went to school, you know? So you were like, hey, you want to go to high in college, you got to pay for it type of thing. You know, that is the thing that I want to, that's why I'm opening what I did, because I'm like, I want to make sure my kids have the opportunity, the option to go to college. Now, if they don't, mm -hmm. I'm going to show them the back account and be like, you see this money? I'm going to Cancun with your mama. Peace. Y'all go to work. <laughs> you know, in a way, nah, but it's just, you have to motivate them and push them in a way. So I think if it, now, if I were to choose, I want to aim myself at being a counselor. Um, I think, um... I want to help, I want to aim not only at kids, but mainly at parents, because it, I've been told that it's a low blow when you have a 20-year-old telling you what the F you've been, you know, but in his own personal experiences, and then you you get the parents are like, whoa, holy shit, like how you said, man, I'm going to give time to my son, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, so I, I, I think that if I were to give this up, I will probably try to aim and pursue a counseling thing. Um, right on. Right on. Did you say uh, earlier, I know you said you're going to hold off because you felt like there was a question coming on it that we're probably not getting to. Did you say that you were going into schools and doing speaking at schools? Is that what you were about to say? No. No? Oh, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. You said in the first hour, you said, we'll get to that later. I thought that you No, said you, you set a goal. Schools. You set a goal. And then one of the questions that you might put up to me is the one of the, the Sam, the one that Sam does about retiring. And then about, do I see myself retiring 
as a painter you so I said to myself this I'm like I don't see myself retiring as a painter I see myself retirement retiring as an investor I'm trying to see if I can invest into two more properties <laughs> Marco are, are you are you talking to the same person or what what's up bro we didn't you just asked me yet, dude. You must well, have been thinking of Pedro's episode last week. But you told me. No, 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 no. no. There was I a question said... hour ago that you wanted to. So I'm more bluntly said I, no, the but question. That, get, that, that question hasn't. That question's on the next page, dude. I'm so sorry. It's bro. two pages away still. But listen, <laughs> what? No, when we were talking about your 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 story uh -huh. earlier in the beginning of the show, I thought that, and I could, that's why I'm asking. I could have been wrong. I thought that you had said that. Um, you go to schools to talk to the students about your experiences. Did I hear you say that? Were you oh, that's that? uh, ceremonies. I like to, I will, I will like to continue doing ceremonies with, but unfortunately with the whole COVID thing, you can't do it right now. But if I, if I were to choose to continue, I, that's, that's, I wasn't getting paid for it. It's something that I, that I was volunteering to do. Same thing with a church that I lived down the street from me. They have youth groups every Friday, obviously COVID hit and everything. Thing. I will try to make my time in the beginning of when I first started this to go and do that stuff. So I think one of the things is just try to go to schools and try to come up with a, with a ceremony of a way of a testimony that it's not too harsh for kids to listen to, but it motivates them to kind of go and reach out for help and speak up with their 100%. current situations. You feel me? Because sometimes we're bottled up emotions that you don't want to kind of speak up in a way. So I'm trying to, I do it. I like, or if I could write a book, man, I would love to, man. Like, I just want to feel like that's why I love painting, dude. Because, man, you meet so many parents. I get to write my own little parent book. If you don't realize and you're not open-minded, Chris, and you meet all these clients and you see how they are with their kids, and you're like, holy shit, I don't even do that with my kids, dude. You start writing this stuff down on your parenting book, man. And this is the beneficial thing that I get from being a painter and running my own show, man. Is meeting clients, meeting dads, meeting businessmen, meeting doctors, meeting lawyers, meeting stay-at-home moms. Because I never understood my wife through her stressful moments of why she had, like, her panic moments or me telling her, you don't do much at home. You should learn how to speak English because all I do is see you, you know, clean and you don't do much. You know what I mean? But then I start talking to moms that stay at home and they express their emotions or their feelings towards what, you know, and I start understanding now and that is the beneficial i get from working as a painter man whatever mm -hmm. it is if it's my business or for working for somebody else dude i love what i do and i would never change it for the world dude because it has made me you know realize a lot dude because i don't just look straight ahead of what i want to go at you know aim at like my goal setting i try to like look straight ahead and look my open my eyes wide more open because there's more options out there than just that goal, bro. Or there's more ways to just get to my goal, not just straight ahead to what I think is the right way, you know? So if mm -hmm. I try to open my eyes more wider, boom, I'm going to get to it no matter what. If it's working for somebody, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna work for somebody. And go, I mean, I'm going to be like, dude, um, and now that I see his name, that's what is funny because at paint school, I, he did an appreciation post to one of the guys, uh, an old, old, uh, very, very veteran uh, citizen, you know, on his post. And he said, uh, he said he doesn't know much and this, this and that, but he appreciates because he shows up every day, this and that, that, that. Bro, I'm telling you that, man, I'm going to be one of those, those old men. You know what I mean? That's who I'm striving to be. You know, if it's working for somebody or if it's 
doing my own thing, dude. I think as long as I continue painting, bro, I think I'm going to continue trying to find my my destination because I don't just ride my wave, man. I got to make sure I ride the wave, not that the wave ride me. You know, I got to make mm-hmm. sure I get to my destination the way that I want to. So I feel like, dude, you know, I love painting, man. You know, I just wouldn't change it. You know, I love residential work. I wouldn't change it. Clients are great with me. They they call me their family painter, and that's what you I try to aim at. I want to make sure that they're comfortable on who they have at their home, not some stranger. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, they they sometimes they'll be like, hey, Marco, I'm up there taking a shower. The door is open. This, this, and that. Or they'll even give me their garage code or their keys and stuff like that. Dude, it's just the, conf- the, the, the honesty. If you're straight up and being honest and you sh- – they feel that they don't just hear it they feel that man and you you can gain so much from honesty bro forget about it man the sky's the limit you know that is the reason why you know patterson can tell you this um you're lucky enough here where we were at to continue being busy during november and march you're lucky you're doing something right to continue being busy i will tell you that right now and he can tell you that um because Mm -hmm. of the conditions of the weather because for some odd reason work slows down in a way um but patterson does remodeling so he might be a little bit more um busy but when it comes to painting dude during november and february you know you're slow man if you're busy you're doing something right you know it's not there's work plenty for everybody everybody me personally i can't tackle on all joliet and all oakland and all bakerville and all and no, personally i can't sorry bro there's 45k people here and there's one i can't do it man and that's why i there's plenty of work for everybody but it's up to you on how you want to maintain your clients it's up to you on how you want to continue your 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 relationship with your clients and how you want to grow and that is the reason why i'm continuing being busy and that is the reason why when i came back from vacation i was able to continue working i was able to continue still working and still booking jobs and still going at it because of my relationship that i try to keep with my clients that's bottom line is being honest and being straightforward and telling the truth and not trying to you know, slither away around your client just to collect your checkbook. So your bottom line scans the limit for anybody. Anybody mm-hmm. can be successful. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, let's head out to Australia. Mike's painting. What are some of your early day painting blunders? Can we re refer that? Blunder. What are some of your early day? Painting blunders. What is blun blunder? Blunders, mishaps, fuck ups. Oh, fuck up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. bro. Something Stop like me, that. Bro, let's go, baby. I got plenty of them. Let me let me check the list. <laughs> let me hold on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, bro. One of the biggest one that I will have to say is almost almost messing up a. 40-year-old china cabinet that I was trying to refinish. Um, dude, I I have pictures of it. Fish scales, baby, all day. I noticed when I I sanded my stuff down. He the it was it, it was one of my repeat clients. I she called me. Was like, hey, I'm having a party. His dad had recently passed away. Her, her mom was gonna come in town, and she wanted to see this refinished china cabinet. For her birthday, and I'm over here like, okay, yeah, but what's up, man? You know, I'm, I got you. Just trying to tackle it down. You know, I hate to say it, no, I have learned on my clients' time, but I will tell you this: I had 
spit my own money for it. You know, I don't, I don't say, you know, oh, it's going to be more. No, I'm sorry. It, it, you know, all I say is I'm sorry. It's going to be more time. It's not going to be more money. It's going to be more time, you know, mm. because I try to do the right thing. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I was a dude that was a two-year painter before I started my own thing. And to be able to come into a residential, residential, I love it because you, you come across with everything, everything, new construction, you know, anything from industrial type of work to refinishing type of work. So when I did that cabinet, I stained it, I sanded it, I stained it, and it looked beautiful, man. Beautiful, the nice mahogany, you know, flawless. I grabbed my ML Campbell ready to shoot it, baby, the lacquer, and just, all I see is fish eyes. I'm like, wait, what? It's like 12 o'clock at night. I'm over here like, wait, what? I got to turn this mother <laughs> effort in tomorrow. 12 o'clock at midnight, fish eyes on this china cabinet. Literally, millions of them on top. Because when I spray the top of it, I always try to always, when I see something on the surface, I always lay my stuff. I always spray the top, let the overspray go down, and hurry up and try to get the, the faces so it doesn't try with the overspray. And, dude, as soon as I lay my stuff, dude, boom. I didn't know what I was doing, man, at the time. I, I didn't know what I, I knew. I didn't know if there was type of contamination or whatever the case. I thought I did the right thing of sanding it all the way down. I seen the bare wood. I noticed that I sealed the wood very good. I didn't open the pores, didn't clean the pores, didn't ran it with acetone or anything like that. At the end, I just dusted it off, cleaned it, vacuumed it up, blow, blow it off, and stained it, stained, laid out very good. And it was an ML Campbell stain. So I made sure that I used both products, ML Campbell stain and ML Campbell lacquer. And dude, as soon as I laid the lacquer on it, forget about it, man. It was fish, fish eye, to fish eye. And I called one of my buddies, the guy from the painting family uh, that, uh, that helped me out. Um, he's big on lacquers. He, he does all lacquers. He's a big, big, big lacquer guy. And he comes and uh, helps me. He was buzzed already. He was, drinking he was having a good time he wasn't expecting me to call him and he said as long as you pick me up i'll come and help you and we stayed up till four o'clock in the morning fixing that thing and we got it we ended up getting it to how we wanted it to look perfect once we got there to the moment that i got there i was setting up the thing the mother was already pulling up and i was already like kind of taking a china cabinet out so she didn't really see already assembled but um, they walked already in the living room. As soon as they walked out and seen the first piece, dude, I seen tears in her eyes, man. And that's what I work for, brother. You know what I'm saying? Happiness. Um, even the recent job that I just did, dude, she just continued texting me saying she was very grateful, very happy the place looks like new. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't meet my deadline, bro, it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, I took, took the hit. And, you know, I as long as I accomplish my goals and try to give deliver top quality work, but I fucked up that one. <laughs> I fucked up that one, dude. Oh, and there's another one too, man. Try to go over a uh, stain over because the client didn't want me to do the whole sanding and the dusting thing. So try to go over stain over gel, you know, gel mean, you know, do gel stain over, over, over stain. So dude, and then when I applied my uh, top coat over it, forget about it, man. You start seeing all the bubblies and everything because my gel stain didn't dry on time and stuff like that. And what does it mean? I, I see gaps of gel stain that you can see the rim of it when I'm sanding it down, dude. Like, it's horrible. Like, I'm now I have to start all over. Now 
this reel looks a little bit different than that reel. Now I have to figure out a way to make it right, dude. It's, I stress myself a lot, dude, because I try to make it right, man. You know? But right I on. messed up a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just those those uh, learning experiences I just seen Danny effed up his first piano, apparently, with the same shit. Um, you know what? Oh, I'm no. If we time out at the three hour, because I'm pretty sure Danny's episode was the longest in history, and I'm pretty sure we beat that. So I'm not sure if we have 10 minutes, if it goes five hours, or if it goes how long, but I know we are approaching the three hour mark. So why don't we uh, finish up with Danny's question? I'll give you this last one. We'll wrap up there. Goodbyes. Um, Danny wants to know how do you feel about putting your work up on a public platform? I don't see um, an issue with it. My main focus was to try to see if I can not go through a kid picture's butt when I was trying to show my clients uh, before and after. So I'm like, oh, there goes my son's butt. Oh, there goes me. <laughs> hey, what I was going to say. If your kids, it's one thing. But... <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like you try to, and then I was like, me, I'm 28 years old, dude, and I was introduced to Instagram as a picture platform. I was never introduced to Instagram when I got back into it. I never knew it was more for marketing now, you know? So you think about it, it's like, it's like I got into Instagram, and you see all the marketing, you see all this, it's like, wow, you know, it's different than when I first joined Instagram because Instagram was just based out of just post your pictures and that was it. So I felt like maybe I could just do something like that and show my clients that. So that was my intentions for it. And it led to something different, man. And, you know, and, and I, won't, I don't regret it. Um, I'm going to continue putting my stuff on there. The only thing I do regret, man, and I props to you, honestly, once again, heads off to you, to Danny, to the people that, that, that do this full time. I will take the blame for not meeting my deadline on my last job because of Instagram. Um, Instagram do take a lot of time and it's been really, really, I've been really, really reconsidering just, you know, kind of stopping it for a while because I'm very, very focused and striving for what I really want to. And I think Instagram is kind of like, I wasn't performing at what I think I was performing at the last job that I could have. I felt like I could have done better. So dude, props to you, brother. You know what I mean? To, to you, to take the time to, 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 to share or to be here with me and to be there with painters and then to still do what you got to do. And as to, if you have people that ask you questions about popcorn, about anything, do pain related and you answer or say, Danny, dude, Danny has never went no more than like, I say five hours and he hasn't answered me, bro. So you think about it, look at his followers. He has so many followers. So if he doesn't, you know, you know, there'd be, I think there was one time that he did one go one day, one day, but that was like the first, time that I talked to him and that was when I was trying to get into the ED65. But other than that, dude, I props to the people that 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 Sam do that do it all the time, dude. Dude, I don't know, man. You guys rock it. Bro. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> you know? it, it, it. I don't know how either. It's just a balance. It's just that balance. And I mean, I also do lose time at work, so I know what you're saying. And, you know, being pretty much a solo show with your part-time kid helping you out, I mean, it could be, it could affect your day a lot, dude. Think about it. If you were at today, you were off. We spoke quite a bit today. We had some fun chit-chatting back and forth. But if you were at work, 
if you chat with me throughout the day for a simple 10 minutes, but you spoke to Danny for five to 10 and you had Marlo and you had John and you had Alpha and you spoke to all that. There's your day, dude. What did you get done? Yeah, Not a exactly. thing. I've noticed that you know? recently. And I said to myself, I'm like, even my lady told me, I'm like, you know, sometimes you need to just wait till you get home and just, just put them up. And this is what I tell myself, like, oh, honey, I'm like, what if I put a live story and then, this person had messaged me two hours before I put this live story and he'd be like, well, you know, I think sometimes I overthink sometimes of what a, of what a other person might say, you know, and that kind of will affect me in a way. But then that's why I try to answer, you know, or try to talk to my friends because they're friends, dude. I'm trying to make friends, man, because I work by myself, dude. And I'm trying to keep a sanity of, of coolness down, dude. And, Talking to you, Chris, through the day, talking to Harry, talking to Ben, talking to people, talking to Sam, talking to Steady Line. Dude, it's just made me, my stress label is, I feel like it's the universe or God has brought me, you guys as friends and everything, to keep my stress level down, but I have to figure out a way. Because <laughs> they, they're not going to tell you, hey, here's the tool and here's how you use it. Nah, here's the tool and you got to figure out how to use it, you know? And sometimes there's somebody there to help you and sometimes there's not, you know, and I, I appreciate the people that I have here that spend the time to talk to me because time is money and your time is valuable, Chris. And by you saying you're taking the 10 minutes to send me a message, dude, dude, that's 10 minutes can add up to an hour and that, you know, your hourly rate mm-hmm. and people know their hourly rate. And, and I appreciate that, bro. And it means a lot, you know, and because of my sanity, my stress level, dude, I, I'm very important about my stress, you know. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> so three hours, actually two hours and fifty minutes. I'm gonna only charge you 150 bucks an hour. Send me a check four fifty Canadian. So you're getting off easy. I'm only asking for <laughs> Canadian. Off easy. That's only that's only about twenty six dollars US. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> no man, listen, I I'm I'm honestly not sure if we get cut off at three, so I don't wanna lose you and I know we're approaching that three hour mark. So, Marco, I just wanted to uh, thank you again for your time. I learned a lot about you today. I learned that, uh, you know, not everybody is born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And people do have a lot of difficult things that they have to overcome daily. Um, I appreciate you sharing the story because, honestly, like I said earlier, it's like I've never been homeless. Knock on wood. I never become homeless. And, you know, next time I pass a homeless person, I'm going to actually think twice. Not much I can do about that for that person, but I'm not just going to walk over them. I'm going to make sure to say hello or something, you know, acknowledge the fact that they're there because something so simple, you know, can go a long way. You, yeah, so, you, you, you got to you know, think about it sometimes. And encourage, I've never know. walked in your shoes. You know what you, I mean? You have to realize. It's like I have, I have Marco on the other side of this wall that I'm sitting in front of. I probably have about 14 old winter jackets that I will never wear again. Why are they sitting there? Why, when I have 20 minutes from downtown, not even, and there's all these guys that are, you know, getting as many blankets as they come and sleeping on these grates to stay warm. Why are those here? You know? So these are things that I learned from you. Just appreciating your story and moving it on. You know what I mean? And now those jackets will probably be gone in the next couple of days because I'll find somewhere for them to be. I can't bring them to a donation box because, yes, John, we are on lockdown. I saw your comment earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt uh marco because he's a guy very similar to me and if you stop him 
he doesn't know where it's going from there. <laughs> so yes, we are on lockdown. That started uh, well. It's been on lockdown for a while, but it actually really picked up the day after Christmas. They said 28 days from December 26th, and then that was just basically for Toronto and some of our smaller cities around us. Um, they quickly decided to make it the whole province. Um, once we were already in lockdown for about, I don't know, 10 or 14 days, dropped another 28 days on us. Um, we're not supposed to work, start any new projects. If I believe the rules, man, it's all new to everybody. So, I mean, the rules aren't all that understanding. Um, as far as I understand, we're not allowed to start any new projects. I think we can finish up anything that we have going on, but I don't have anything going on because we finished the project right before lockdown kicked in. I'm not looking for a $100,000 fine. I've stayed out of trouble 43 years of my life. I'm not going to prison for a fucking year because I went to work. So, yes, it, it's shitty. But, you know, if you look at, um, I don't want to jinx that, but if you look at these numbers that we have up here, no numbers are good. But our numbers are low considering other areas, you know. So whether you're a believer or not, something has to be done about it it's here you know whether no, it's man-made or whether it was some guy eating a bat like they say who knows who cares but we're all I, like this is what i this is what i this is what i say about it i'm like i have two kids and if they tell me to wear a mask as much as i have my beer and i hate it i have to wear a mask because those kids are looking up after me so if mm -hmm. they hear in the news hey you got to wear your mask and this is an act because the president said or whatever the case may be right and they see i don't want following that they're going to choose the path that their father is choosing and that's not <laughs> wearing their mask. <laughs> so, so, so here's, so here's the thing, right? People are quick to say, well, it's killing old people. Why do I need to wear a mask? It's in these seniors homes. I don't live in a senior's home. Why do I need to wear a mask? Well, when it kills your mother or your father, you might realize why you should have worn a mask, you know? Not going to sit here and say that the mask is going to stop everything. But, you know, I'm waiting to see these numbers because if they lock us down for 40 effing days, by the time this is all done, 40 plus days, if these numbers don't go down, that's really going to piss me off, you know, because then they're telling, they don't know. That's the whole thing is nobody knows. So this is all, we're all like the guinea pigs here. Let's shut you down. I just don't, I, ah, dude, I shouldn't have brought this up because this will be another three hours. But, um, <laughs> You know, I think we're gonna, I think we're all gonna go to Hawaii, man. It's sacred over there, dude. dude Sam can probably you know, keep there's, all busy. There's just too many. There's just too many things. Hey, like here's the thing, right? Things. So here, Marco, <laughs> shut down all of the small stores, your mom and pop shops, all your small businesses that have very little traffic. Okay, very little traffic. These places are not fucking packed. Costco is packed. Walmart is packed. Why are these two of the very few things that are allowed to be open? Why? Why are you shutting down little green lady on the corner here? You know, selling her, her milk and bread out of her little convenience store, you know? Mm -hmm. But you can go into Walmart. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense, you know? But again, don't... it's something that they're, they're doing to us. I hate this whole situation. I can't wait for this to be over. I have a 16-year-old who I feel horrible for. Because she's been doing the, yes, I'm talking about, I spoke her name and boom, she comes out. Um, I, uh, you can put your face in. You can say hi. Are you wearing a sheep costume? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> she 
she's about to go. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a unicorn. It's a oh. unicorn. Anyways, I wouldn't, you know, I was, I was thinking about that when I was driving around earlier. It's like, when I was 16, I was never home. I was out 24-7. And it's like, you know, to tell your kid, you can't go anywhere. You can't go to the mall. You can't, and, and now for 10 months, I've been telling her the same shit. You know what I mean? It, it's heartbreaking, dude. You know? It's yeah. heartbreaking when your three-year-old comes to you and says, Daddy, why don't I have any friends? I used to have friends because you used to get to go to the playgroup. Now you can't go to the playgroup. So here's my kid growing up with no friends. I'm his friend. That's mm -hmm. who he sees as a friend. I'm his dad and his friend. Yeah, He'll exactly. always have me. But I mean, these are heartbreaking things, man. It's just like, let's get this shit out of here. You know, get it gone and hopefully never have to deal with it again. Um, but that's my little, my little piece on that. In the meantime, I can't work. I really want to. But I, I let's can't. Go, let's go to Hawaii, Hawaii man. Dude, I need, I need a quarter. I need a quarter million to go up. So it's gonna take me a long time to to save that. I'm not wasting a hundred thousand on a fine because I went to work. It's not, just not. But you have to realize sometimes too what you just said. You know, you you work a lot, Chris. You know, you know, take this time to take you know take advantage of your kids. And like how Marlo said one day, I'm getting the time to get to know him. I was speaking to Marlo the other day. He he said the same thing. He's I'm getting the time to get to know my kids because when we're when we're locked, we're not locked down. We're busy working and trying to meet the bills, trying to meet not you as you have employees. You you're not only have to meet your bills, you have to make sure that they have work to meet their bills. And you know, it's just it's tough on people that have business like you, paint school. Everybody that have business with more employees do props to you guys because it's it's very stressful because if you are a caring person and you're going through a hard time like what you're going through right now. You are going through a stressful moment unintentionally. You will gather stress unintentionally because of the fact that you don't have work because not only you're thinking about yourself, about what the food is going to meet on the table, but you're also thinking about your employees and how they're going to meet their food on the table. You know, so mm -hmm. it's a stressful moment right now, and it is. But I try to take, take it as a positive and try to take, get, them, get, get to know my wife's flaws. <laughs> and my kids, there you, you go. Know? There you so, go. Marlo's great, by the way. He's yeah, Marlo's awesome. 45, 40, 45 minutes uh, west of me. He brought us breakfast twice when we were really? working in his area. We were working out his way twice. Two times. Oh, what an awesome I've never, I've never, I've never had a... Not even the customer. <laughs> Another I've, I've never had an Egg McMuffin that didn't have, like, bacon or ham. It was a straight-up Egg McMuffin. You ever had an Egg McMuffin with no anything? Yes, but can I ask you something? You? Since you, yeah, can I ask you something? Since you guys yeah, are in Canada, all right. What's the difference between bacon and Canadian bacon? Canadian bacon, because we have two size. different kinds of bacon. Size, <laughs> size is the difference. No, there's two different sizes. <laughs> it comes like you guys eat. Size, <laughs> yeah, size, 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 size. Not Which size. ones do you guys eat? Do you guys eat the crispy, the crispy bacon, or do you guys eat the round that looks like you, ham? Because that's what, what we do you call, call it. it. That's what we call Canadian you, bacon, the one that looks like ham, the round circle that looks like ham. We call that Canadian bacon. <laughs> it, probably, it probably is ham. We probably sell it to you as Canadian bacon because bacon is worth more than ham, you American. Jesus, Calm what's the matter with you, Female bacon. It's called female bacon, not Canadian bacon. Okay. It's called so female I'm, bacon. Hey, bro, don't take it too offense, my man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, which one do you use on pizza? The Canadian bacon or do you use the crispy bacon? <laughs> no, the regular bacon. This is a regular American fat bacon. That's the American bacon. That's that weight gain and shit. The one, you know? <laughs> no, that's, that's the stuff that. Um, female bacon, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. 
I don't even okay. know why it's called bacon. It's kind of like a mix between bacon and ham. Yeah. You know? uh, definitely, um, definitely the texture and the way you bite it is definitely different than ham. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I have eaten it, but it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not <laughs> because it's my, ham. Uh, of course, ham. It's ham. High on my diet, you know. But other bacon, give me bacon. I can eat bacon every day. I won't. But regular bacon, I, uh, I had bacon this morning. Yeah. I make, okay. I make, uh, well, now that I've been home and my wife, actually, this area that I'm using for my show, Every day now. Well, not every day. Every Tuesday, I got to put it all back together because my wife is working from this area. Mm-hmm. So I have to, she takes down, I, I, I should be doing it, but she takes down my sign. She pulls over her laptop. She puts her monitor. She starts setting up all of this hanging, hanging <laughs> artwork. And hey, shit, hey, you know? hey, there you go. <laughs> so it, it's, it's starting to be a little bit of a challenge to uh, get the show on the road. Marco, it is after 12 o'clock. I got to... Oh, snow in the next 24 hours. Beautiful. Just got an old Hey, man, you ain't going to work tomorrow? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. But I still got to get up. I have to 4 o'clock every morning. Calm down. You it's, work it's, a it's my, it's, I'll hey, be up in can I three hours so? and 50. Before you leave, before you leave, yeah, you start, you're starting to remind me of this person that I watch on a show called The 70s Show. You ever watch that show? No, I was born in the 70s, though. No? Okay, well, I'm going to send you a picture of this guy. If I could remember at the top of his head is this old man that gets fired and looks for anything that he could break in his house just to fix, bro, just to work. <laughs> he's like, honey, he's like, he's like, honey, what are you doing? Oh, leave me alone. I'm trying to, I'm, does this table look crooked? I'm trying to fix this table. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The table's fine. And you know, so you kind of remind me of him. I want to send you a picture. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I know the show. I've just never watched it i've never watched that I've never oh it's watched pretty Star funny Trek. show man. I'm, I'm not i'm not big on tvs i just don't often have time to Calm down. Uh, sit you down watch and... you watch hockey man go hawks that's it, baby it's the go only hawks. thing i get to walk go hawks walk. go, go blackhawks baby <laughs> uh i you know it's gonna be pretty decent because i'm not following the uh the stats this time around i'm just gonna just watch my canadian division and hopefully hopefully watch my leafs blow through it they're two and one they they Shouldn't have lost the one game. They beat up the Habs. That's all I care about. They love to beat the Habs. You know, all those Quebec uh, people. <laughs> Go <laughs> Flames. <laughs> we, got the, we got the Flames a, a lot this year. We're going to show huh? you a thing or two. Uh, how, many, how, many, how, many, how many teams do you guys have in your division? Four? Six? Seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah. And... Well, we have Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, uh, Calgary, Edmonton. Vancouver, Montreal. Oh, okay. Seven, seven teams. Seven teams. But, uh, all right. Now, I don't know who's coming up next week because I think that was where you were supposed to be, but we had a couple flip-flops. I got to double-check my book. I haven't even looked in the day for Maple Queen. Um, I may have to pull somebody in. I do have some people on standby, or I'm going to pull somebody up. So, hopefully, if all goes well, we will be back here next Tuesday. Maple Queefs. Maple Queefs. Uh, we'll be back here next Tuesday, I believe, at 9 p.m. with somebody. Keep it a surprise. All right. 
Marco, I appreciate it. And by the looks of it, we can go over three hours because we've now been three hours, five minutes. So that's good to know. Okay, so no excuses um, next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dan, well, Danny's back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said he can go like five hours now or something. I wouldn't even bet an empty wallet on Toronto. That's bogus. But uh, Danny, your, 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 show, your show time has been beat. Yes. No, Marco has the longest show time. Three hours, five minutes. Let's keep it even. We'll end it there. Marco, again, thank Boom. you so much. I think I've said that about 10 times this show, trying to end you it, but love you just everybody. keep moving your lips, man. Let me go. I'm tired. I got to go to sleep. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Right, everybody. Appreciate Thanks, you, Marco. Love, love you, man. Everybody. Everyone, take care. Take care. We'll Stay see you next safe. week. <laughs>